Blog Talk Radio. Are you ready? This coverage is live and uncensored, so if you have any small children present, you may want to have them leave the room. What's up, what's up? Good evening, folks. Good evening. My Take Radio, episode 31 on your blog talk radio dial. I'm your host, Rich, and the show for today is for Thursday, February 18th, 2010. The intro music you just heard was The Omen of Geneva, and the artist was Neko Frog One. You can download that and any of the other intro musics that we have used. Well, intro music, sorry. You can get that at ocremix.org. That's the letter O, the letter C, remix.org. The call-in number is 347-324-3541. And with that, let's get a little housekeeping out of the way. Um, Usually every week, you know, I started off by promoting the the good old ads on the site. Don't want to do it. Don't want to ruffle any feathers. Obviously, if you go to the site, you see the ads there. Pretty self-explanatory what you should do to help us out. If you don't know, by all means, ask. Um, off-air, and I will inform you. Nonetheless, the ads are there. There's plenty of new content that has gone up over the last few days. Slick put up a great review of Avatar this week, which has generated quite a bit of buzz, um, particularly with one of the other listeners and contributors, Josh, who also wrote his review for Avatar. You can see that on MyTakeRadio.com. They've also been a, a little bit of back and forth, given the fact that they have Uh, their own opinions and their own interpretations on the film. Nonetheless, you can go there and debate with either one of them about whether you agree or disagree, or by all means, you can also hit up the forum and state your case there. Also, uh, speaking of the forums, uh, a lot of conversation going on in there. We're growing at a fast rate, so definitely if you haven't been to the forums lately, I'd advise you to stop in. Definitely lots to talk about. There's also topics on there that aren't covered in the show, comics, uh, more, more TV stuff, uh, various things are talked about in there, so definitely stop in there as well. Um, also, staff email addresses, if there are any of you that like a particular post written by myself or particular members of the My Take Radio staff, you'll be able to hit them up uh, via their own email addresses, which should be going up by the end of this weekend, at which point you can email them directly as well as always emailing me, and I can relay messages to them as well. Uh, Here's the rundown for tonight. We're going to talk about UFC 110 and a couple of changes to the card. I will be joined by Angel Thanatos from GirlGamer.com. She should be calling in at 11.30 once we bang out the um, MMA and wrestling news. She's going to give us a little bit of her feedback on gaming as well as talk about X10, Microsoft's event, and also give... Uh, those of you that aren't familiar, a little bit of background with GirlGamer.com, so definitely stick around for that. Hopefully she'll stick around, uh, bullshit a little bit with us, and also take some of your calls and uh, do a little bit of movie talk with the rest of us, so that would be great. Also, 
talking about TNA's Against All Odds pay-per-view from Sunday, the death of ECW, which happened this Tuesday, uh, the newest uh, WWE gimmick, which is WWE NXT. Also going to be talking about some console news, a lot of MPD numbers with some surprising results this month, um, tons of movie reboot news, and a little bit of a teaser. Uh, Chris Pine, Star Trek's Captain Kirk as Captain America. What do you think? We'll be talking about that later this hour. Uh, once again, 347-324-3541 are the magic digits. Let's get into some MMA news. Um, last week, of course, I stated that there were a couple of talent cuts from the UFC, uh, Mark Coleman, Frank Trigg, Tim Haig. This week, um, I found out that Rolls Gracie was also cut, as was Philippe Nover. They were both cut. Obviously, Gracie was cut for his poor performance against UFC newcomer Joey Beltran on the preliminary card, um, who was substituting for Mustafa Al-Turk. So based on his poor performance, uh, the last name didn't save him, and Gracie did get cut. Uh, Philippe Nover also got cut after his UFC 109 to Rob Emerson. Moving down a little bit, um, of course, this weekend is UFC 110. It's going to be live from Australia. Um, Definitely a solid card, not 100% sure if I'm going to order it, not because I don't think the card is good, just because there was an earlier UFC pay-per-view this month, and, you know, that's a, that's a huge $90 investment. Nonetheless, if you are interested in the card and you have Spike TV, they're actually doing um, a, pre -sh a pre game show, so to speak, for UFC 110 on Spike TV. You can have that playing in the background while you listen to tonight's show. Of course, the main event is going to be Minotaro Nogueira versus Cain Velasquez. That's your main event of the evening. The co-main event will be Vandalay the Axe Murderer Silva. He's going to be fighting Michael Bisping. Um, definitely two very exciting and potential uh, contendership cards. Also, Joe Stevenson is going to be on the card. Keith Jardine is going to be fighting Ryan Bader. Uh, Miracle Krokop was supposed to be um, the guy he was supposed to be fighting uh, which was Ben Rothwell, ended up getting sick. So he is being replaced by Australian native Anthony Paroche. It seems that Rothwell came down with a little bit of an illness. Who knows what the specifics are, but he is out of this week's, I mean, this weekend's event. So definitely check that out. And um, shit, my notes are a little fucked up. I apologize for that. And with that being said, you're going to be able to catch that. Even though it's coming from Australia, they will be airing it live at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific on pay-per-view. It will probably be in HD, so if you want to check it out, by all means, definitely a solid card. I will be recapping it next week for next week's broadcast. I may even get a guest or two to help me break down the card in detail. Nonetheless, let's move on. Uh, Gegard Mousasi from Strike Force's, uh, light, from the Strike Force organization, their light heavyweight champion, um, known for his very Fedor-like demeanor, also represented by Fedor's management company, M1 Global, announced this week that he has split from M1 Global and he will have his management being taken care of by someone close to him. Now, the repercussions of that can go a few ways. It could be Musasi is tired of the exclusivity of having to be on cards that Fedor is on. It could also be that um, Musasi is slowly putting feelers out to the UFC, letting himself known, letting it be known that he's definitely ready to go to that organization as well. It, it could be a multitude of things. I think it's definitely a step in the right direction. I feel that M1 Global, while they are solid promoters, 
they seem to have their 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 grip on on the throat of certain fighters, not letting them go and expand into other organizations. It has to be on their rules, their terms, and I think that hinders the progress of some of these fighters. And for Musasi in particular, who's on such a meteoric rise, and he's talked about it, you know, in top five, in the top five category when you discuss light heavyweights. I think it's definitely a step in the right direction, and who knows? You may see him in the UFC a lot sooner than later. Also, last week I discussed that um, Vitor Belfort was going to be unable to compete against Anderson Silva for the middleweight championship at UFC 112. Uh, the person who will be replacing him is Damian Maya, who came off a unanimous decision victory over Dan Miller at UFC 109. So definitely UFC 109 is shaping up really solid. Oops. I mean, UFC 112, UFC 109 was when he competed last. UFC 112 is going to be April 10th, and it's going to be from Yaz Island in Abu Dhabi, and that's going to be on pay-per-view as well. Definitely a solid card. I'm going to have to order that. It's going to be the first outdoor MMA event, which is pretty historic. Um, it's going to have the lightweight title fight with BJ Penn versus Frankie Edgar. And of course, the middleweight title fight now with Anderson Silva and Damian Maya. Matt Hughes is going to fight Renzo Gracie. Kendall Grove is rumored to be facing Mark Munoz. Paul Taylor is going to be fighting on that card. Demarcus Johnson, Mustafa Alturk. Definitely a lot of great fights on that card. And like I said, it's going to be historic. It's going to be the first MMA event outdoors. Nonetheless, with that being said, it seems that UFC is definitely expanding their global reach with Australia already under their belt and Abu Dhabi. Um, there's rumors of expansion to China. All of these things should definitely be, you know, it's a step in the right direction for the sport. Um, there's a lot of rumors going around that they're trying to get MMA sanctioned as an Olympic sport. Um, a lot of back and forth on that. And the odds are that if something like that does happen, you will not see it happening for a, uh, for a couple of years. I don't know if that's something that we'll see within five years. I, I'm saying 12 Maybe, maybe 15 years down the line, just because there's still a lot of apprehension towards the sport of MMA given the brutality and the violence that's involved. But nonetheless, definitely think that it would be better suited as an Olympic sport given the fact that most of the individual martial arts that are within MMA are individual Olympic sports. Not only that, but of course, with the governing Olympic body, you can definitely make some adjustments in regards to the rules if you don't want your Olympic games to be full of blood and gore and people getting busted open. So definitely I see it happening, but not, you know, not within five years, definitely not within 10. I'd say more towards 15 years, definitely once it's more mainstream and more adjustable to the Olympic governing body. But we'll see what happens. If you're on Twitter, you can definitely read multiple opinions on that from various various MMA columnists. So definitely check that out if you're on Twitter. Um, definitely props to the UFC also this week for signing a deal with Fathead. Uh, for those of you that don't know, Fathead make those ridiculous life-size stickers of um, different athletes that, you know, they do WWE wrestlers, baseball players, different things. Definitely a step in the right direction. It's really cool that they're reaching that sort of mainstream appeal by signing a deal with Fathead, so props to them. Also, um, at the UFC press conference today, Dana White announced that the winner of Velasquez Noguera will receive a shot at Brock Lesnar, maybe. It's all dependent on the fact of whether Mir or Carwin 
uh, come out healthy from their fight and fight Brock Lesnar, in which case if they're either one or unable to compete for whatever reason, then the winner of Nogueira Velasquez will step up and take care of that. One thing of note, though, there will be no UFC preliminaries this, this week on Spike TV, but they will be making their return for UFC 111. On top of that, they're going to do a 24-7 style show uh, focusing on the fight between GSP and Dan Hardy. You're going to be able to see that March 10th at 10 p.m. With that being said, we're going to go into some wrestling news right after this commercial break. SportsDevonRadio.com. That's where you'll find our radio show. Rich, you dig it, don't you? Yeah, man. He digs it. How come you don't dig it? Fuck you. Get on the internet. BornSteppingRadio.com. Rat bastards. And we're back. Let's get into some wrestling news. Right off the bat, um, TNA had their recent pay-per-view this week, which was the good old Against All Odds. At first, I was really hesitant to say that this card was going to be totally shitty, there definitely was a large, large amount of shittiness. The only thing that redeemed the card as a whole was the movement of one Pope D'Angelo De Niro who made his way into the main event scene by competing in the eight-man, eight-card, quote-unquote, stud tournament. Nonetheless, the pay-per-view minus a couple of the matches was ridiculous. There was a lot of mismatch and a lot of crazy shit going on, which I didn't like. But there were definitely a lot of intriguing feuds that came out of it. Uh, Kurt Angle and Mr. Anderson, or Mr. Kennedy, for those of you that refuse to call him that, definitely engaged in a great match. They actually started building on a feud with them on this week's Impact. They had a little bit of uh, chemistry and a bit of a feud brewing between Abyss and Mick Foley, which happened this week. Uh, the Nasty Boys fought Team 3D in an abysmal match. I don't even know why the Nasty Boys are even on my TV set this week. Um, I was really waiting for one of those guys to break their hip in the ring just because they, they, were, they were awful. It doesn't matter that you hit it under hardcore rules. The match itself was utter shit. Um, the Pope moving in through the tournament, he faced Matt Morgan in a great match. He also moved on, and he ended up facing Mr. Anderson in the final. Uh, D'Angelo De Niro wins, and he's going to get a shot at AJ Styles's world championship title, given the fact that AJ Styles retained due to interference, of course, from Ric Flair, a little bit of Eric Bischoff involvement again, and, of course, Samoa Joe did not win. Now, before I move on from that, I have to say this. TNA, they start off right, and it's, you know, good, 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 then a little bit of bad shit, then a colossal amount of bad shit, then it's good again. As I watched this week's Impact um, while I was getting ready for the show, I, I noticed that they start off good and then utter shit. And Eric Bischoff made the mistake of saying that he's going to create a Facebook fan page and people can share their thoughts on Impact. I guarantee you after I finish the show tonight, I will be stopping by his quote-unquote Facebook fan page and voicing my displeasure with certain aspects of tonight's broadcast. Hopefully it will bait him to uh, decide to come on the show because I definitely would like to discuss the rationale of some of the shit that they're putting on TV. Nonetheless, uh, definitely not one of TNA's best pay-per-views. Uh, Monday Night Raw, or the Monday Night Train Wreck, as I call it this week, had Jerry Springer as the host. Utter shit. Definitely utter shit. The fact of the matter is, 
while they did move a lot of angles along and a lot of storyline, the majority of it was just mired in, in, in crap. Especially, they, they tried to do a little bit of a Jerry Springer-esque monologue, and it was utter fail, top to bottom. So definitely not their better host. While, while some people are going to debate that it was amusing, I found zero amusement in it. On the contrary, it was just... It just came off poorly, especially now that WWE is trying to do a squeaky clean, uh, family-friendly show. If you would have told me Jerry Springer is going to be on in, I don't know, 1999, maybe 2000, when WWE was in the Attitude Era, then, yeah, there'd be a lot of crazy stuff going on, cat fights, you know, some you know, false nudity. But the payoff for the segment was Mae Young making out with Jerry Springer, which you've seen it once, you've seen it a thousand times, some little 80-year-old lady making out with the guest. Nonetheless, of course, the only things that were of value from the broadcast is the continued dissension that's being teased between Legacy. Um, it seems definitely that Ted DiBiase is going to become a face he will be probably facing Randy Orton at WrestleMania, and that's going to be pretty much that. I'm not going to stay on Raw too much longer just because it's utter shit, but I will discuss ECW. If you haven't been by the site, you should definitely stop by and check out the, the little post I did about ECW. I was actually very saddened at the end of the organization as a whole, and you'd think that WWE would do the right thing and maybe do like a montage or a thank you or... No, no, no. All they ended up doing was putting Christian in, in, in a, in a quote-unquote extreme rules match with Ezekiel Jackson. I figured, all right, they'll end the organization with Christian still the champion, step in the right direction. No, not happening. Ezekiel Jackson actually ended up winning the match and being the last ECW champion. I have a feeling that if Paul Heyman is watching that, or did watch that, he probably threw something at the television. Because that was, you know, the lifeblood, the, the blood, sweat, and tears of guys like Taz, Rob Van Dam, Sabu, Tommy Dreamer. I can just go down the list of Sandman, uh, the late Chris Benoit, Eddie Guerrero, Chris Jericho, Rey Mysterio, all those guys were all ECW alumni. And the organization went out in the lamest way possible. I personally felt that if you were going to end the organization, you should have kept Tommy Dreamer there, let him win the belt, let him retire with the belt, and end the organization on a positive note. And on top of that, there should have been some sort of package, some sort of montage acknowledging all the great contributions ECW's had to professional wrestling. Unfortunately for me, and unfortunately for those that are real ECW fans, WWE just wanted to end it and instead took the opportunity to use the last episode of ECW to plug their newest venture, WWE NXT. That will be debuting next week in the ECW time slot. Pretty much, WWE NXT is going to be a ripoff of Tough Enough and a ripoff of The Ultimate Fighter, and it's going to have WWE rookies paired with eight mentors and, you know, it's going to follow them over the course of the episodes. They're going to be groups of eight, you know, four rookies, four coaches divided into good guys and bad guys. The show's going to last 16 weeks, and it's just going to follow their, their quote-unquote trials and tribulations. Some of the guys that are on there of note are uh, Dave Utunga, who was punk from I Love, I believe it was I Love New York, and, of course, Brian Danielson from Ring of Honor, who's a fucking legend. He's being considered a quote-unquote rookie, and they're pairing him with The Miz. Um, of all the things, the way it's working out, the mentors are going to be Matt Hardy, 
CM Punk, Chris Jericho, R-Truth, The Miz, Carlito, MVP, and I believe John Morrison. Honestly, I think that it has potential, but I don't like the direction that it's going because you're kill, you killed off something that was relevant to introduce this new product, and you should have just you know, slowly brought these guys in and slowly gone in the direction of introducing NXT instead of using uh, stupid-ass WWE superstars. But alas, this is complaining that is going to fall on deaf ears. Moving on, last week I also discussed the end of Survivor Series, and WWE released a new schedule that's going to show the new pay-per-view schedule going forward. As such, the schedule is at follow, as follows, and you're going to see some new events in there. Uh, March 28th is WrestleMania 26. April 25th, they're doing the Extreme Rules pay-per-view, which has zero fucking worth because there's no more ECW, so I wouldn't even ma- waste my time, what, to watch two grown-ass men hit each other with cookie sheets and plastic stop signs and, and, and kendo sticks that are made out of the thinnest bamboo ever. It's a waste of time. They should have gone with something else. Uh, May 23rd, you're going to get a new event called WWE Wildcard. No idea what it's going to be. Uh, June 20th is going to be WWE Fatal 4-Way. No idea. Odds are, you guessed it, Fatal 4-Way matches, probably for the whole card. July 18th, it's going to be Money in the Bank, dedicated to, you guessed it, Money in the Bank ladder matches. August 15th is SummerSlam. September 19th, they're bringing back Night of Champions. And October 3rd, you're going to be getting a full pay-per-view of Hell in the Cell. Actually, October 3rd, not 23rd. So they kill Survivor Series. They kill ECW. They introduce all these crazy new gimmick pay-per-views. And in the same instance, they don't do anything to promote their younger talent, and they just continue rehashing old shit. But it gets better. To close out this week's wrestling news, you'll be delighted to know that next week's Raw guest hosts are Jewel, the singer, and her husband, professional bull rider, Ty Murray. I think I'm going to be fucking sick. We're going to get into video games after this commercial break. It's BornStubborn.com. We're just over here chilling. It's all fun and games. BornStubborn.com. Come on over and check it out. Show me to the palm teenies. The, I was going to mention the pontinis. <laughs> Explain the pontinis to people that don't know. It's a very delicious drink, but we must warn all the men. Because should you take one sip of it, your penis will fall off. It is gay. What are you, gay? Blueberry, pomegranate, vodka shit that might as well have been Kool-Aid. I had a sip of it and my balls kind of shrunk a bit. <laughs> Lane, you're not considering drinking said pontini, are you? Uh, I probably won't. I like whiskey. Oh, I love whiskey. Bowlingstubborn.com. In your face at least once a week. Movies, sports, music, video games, and hell. We'll just tell some fucked up stories. Why not? So if the only alcoholic beverage in the house was a palmtini when you came over, would you have a palmtini? I'd have a palmtini. See? Yeah. What are you, gay? Hey, this is Rachel from MMA Hot Stuff, and you're listening to My Take Radio. There it is. We are back with some video game news, and I believe Angel is on the line. I'm, I'm thinking that's her. Let's find out. 
once my thing refreshes. Let's see. Angel, you're on the air. Hello. Hey, what's going on? Not a whole hell of a lot. How's it going, Rich? Pretty good, pretty good. I'm, I saw you were in the chat. I hope you like what you heard so far. I did, hanging out. I see uh, a lot of people joining in. I see one of our uh, main writers, uh, Joylia, is also on there. Say hey to her. She's not just a freak. She is actually uh, part of our site as well, so say hi next. Say hi to her. Um, I am doing so right now as you speak. Um, and uh, so, yeah, we have some exciting news going on. Um, I say not a whole lot is going on, but actually that's kind of a lie. Last week we had X10 from uh, Xbox 360. A lot of um, exclusive Xbox announcements were made. Also, right now as we speak, I'm scanning the Twitter updates live from Las Vegas. Uh, we have Dice going on there. Our owner and founder, Mike Prasad, is there with uh, Rachel, our content director, uh, and they are announcing the winners of uh, awards as we speak. So we got a lot of good stuff. Hopefully uh, 2010 is going to be a really good year for games. Nice. Now, for those of, for those of the listeners that don't know, uh, give us a little bit of background about GirlGamer.com. Uh, GirlGamer.com was founded by... Um, uh, a, uh, an entrepreneur uh, named Michael and also um, Alex. Uh, the two of them, and Alex is a girl, um, the two of them really passionate about gaming, really sick of seeing um, sites that um, surround girl gaming as just being um, a bunch of attention whores, uh, for better, um, lack of a better word, basically. they uh, You're not going to find a bunch of um, half-naked pictures of us and a bunch of guys just Googling over our pictures and um, a bunch of girls that don't even play games, essentially just looking for attention or a modeling gig. Um, Girlgamer.com is all about community, and it's all about game news and people that are passionate about gaming. It's a safe haven for girls to hang out, and guys, too. We have lots of guys that hang out. Um, but maybe because of our nurturing nature um, as women, it's, it's actually a really fun place to hang out. Um, we have a lot of regulars on there, and just it keeps getting better and better. Nice. Um, now, it's funny that you said the uh, – I didn't mean to cut you off. I'm sorry. No, go ahead. <laughs> the, um, I like what you said about just talking about women using it as a modeling gig. And the, one of the reasons, other than the fact that you guys do great job – in, in covering gaming as a whole was the fact that we've been having a discussion, it's happened in the forums a lot, about G4, the network mm -hmm. as a whole, their programming, and, you know, you being a, a person that provides serious gaming news, how do you feel with what goes on with G4's programming and, and you know, the women that are involved? Do you feel that they actually know what they're talking about or they're all just reading a script? Uh, most of the time, and uh, and just disclaimer, I don't watch it a whole lot because it annoys me. That's fine. Um, but, that's fine. Um, you're, you're, that's um, perfectly fine. We're not here to be, uh, you know, we got to keep it real. No, that's all right. Um, and so I can't form a lot of, you know, honest opinions about it. But what I have seen from specials and, you know, tidbits online, I do try to keep um, – you know, up to date on, on what the, the major shows are saying. The girls on there um, – you know, I wouldn't say they they don't seem intelligent, but they I get the feeling that they're picked for their looks 
and for not giggling like an idiot every five seconds. Um, <laughs> you know, it's it's like if you can if you can sound like you're excited about a game, we're going to have you on the show. And you know that may not be fair. I've never met any of those hostesses personally, but I mean, I I get the feeling, and I've heard rumors. Um, I don't know if they're confirmed or not, but uh, that they don't play games. Um, that they're just know somebody who knows somebody who has a good agent and a nice headshot, and there they are. Um, and so and it's frustrating for those of us professionals that um, actually meet the developers, actually talk to those that are involved in the industry and are really passionate about the show, um, you know, that we're not up there. Um, I don't know. You know, it's not, it's not fair. That's what I was going to say because – you know, I, I went through your site a lot, and I went through your site in detail just to get a, a, a better grasp of what you guys offer. And, you know, I watch your Twitter. You know, I've been, I've been following you guys for a bit just because I wanted to have one of you, all of you on the show because I always feel that there's always that, that stigma of every game has to be casual. Every game has to be Farmville. Every game has to be, you know, raise this puppy. And... I, there, there's a growing, you know, a growing demographic of women that are that are playing the hardcore games, that are putting in work on Halo and getting, you know, getting shot at and shooting people in the face. You know, they're putting in that work. And, you know, when I watch G4, it it sets the movement. You know, call it using that term, it sets the movement back about women just playing games like we do. You know, what's wrong with a girl sitting there with a bag of Doritos, uh, playing four hours of Call of Duty? You know, it right. shouldn't be taboo. It shouldn't be taboo in 2010. You know, and I always feel that G4 kind of sets it back a bit. You know, I, I've agreed with that, and not only that, but it goes both ways. You know, I've also seen um, where it, it's either like, oh well, girl gamers don't exist, or they're a bunch of femme Nazis. Um, so you're either going to get the sites or the the programs where girls are like, we're girl gamers and we're better, and then and you know, and it you know, we don't believe that on our site. Like, we really push just the fact that, you know what? So what? You know, we play games cool. So just treat us like another gamer, and we might kick your butt, you might kick our butt, but we'll have fun playing. Um, you know, and, and that's what really made me fall in love with the site and really want to become involved. And, um, you know, started as a volunteer writer, started blogging on the site uh, from day one, and, and now I'm lead editor. So, uh, just really pr- proud to be a part of it. And that's good. I'm glad. I'm glad you take such pride in it because, you know, I went and I looked at, um, you know, the the female gaming team that they make sure to put in Maxim and everywhere else, and and looking at them, I you know I admired them for for being gamers, but I also felt that they were being kind of put on in the spotlight more so because of their looks than uh, than because of their talent. And while, you know, that that's all fine and dandy. I'm a guy. You know, everything functions. I'm mm-hmm. a guy, and there's nothing wrong with that. But on the same token, once again, it sets, it, you know, it sets the, the movement back in terms of just taking gaming more seriously as a medium because normally either they consider gamers to be fat and lazy and out of shape and – yada, 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 and they consider girl gamers, you know, playing all the cute girl games. And by going that route, they seem to just be setting everything back. Like, it's cool that they have a little team, and they go, and, you know, they're, they're, they got great gamer scores, and they go in there, and they play as good as the guys do. But it doesn't seem that their gameplay is what 
gets them recognized is the fact that, you know, they're they're taking a photo holding an Xbox 360 controller in a bathing suit. Exactly. <laughs> and uh, and as I'm sure you did not find on our site, you know, that's all fine and dandy, and that's all great for breaking stereotypes of, oh, well, if you're a girl gamer, either you don't really play games and you're just a model and you're trying to get guys to look at you, or you're, you know, fat and nasty, ugly lesbian behind the controller, you know, on Xbox yep. Live. I mean, you know, you get you get both sides. And so I like that, um, you know, our site allows your personality to shine through. You want to post pictures of yourself? Cool. Uh, if you don't, cool. Um, you know, and we've just made a lot of friends, and there's a, there's a big camaraderie there. Um, as I see, uh, Joylia is goofing off on the chat. She's hilarious. Yeah, I like I like that. I, I like the I like the camaraderie. I, you know, it was good, especially as you were, you know, as we were setting this up for you to be on the show. I liked how they all came out and they all, you know, they they responded and they responded to me and you know they acknowledged the show. And I said, you know, this is gonna be this is actually gonna be really cool. I said to myself just because I knew that it was, you know, a for us by us mentality. It wasn't an organization or a network or a sponsor creating this. This was, you know, a labor of love from a group of people that really like gaming. So, you know, that definitely, you know, enamored me with your site. Yeah, you know, and somebody just made a good point on the chat. Uh, Nisi787 says, uh, annoys me that some girls play games just for the attention. And, yep. um, you know, and, and we talk about that. We talk about different levels of, you know, quote-unquote girl gamers. What's the difference between a casual gamer and a hardcore gamer? You know, things like that. What does a gamer look like? Julie and I went off on that for a long time. I'm like, somebody with a controller in their hand? I don't know. Um, but, uh, you know, that was one thing that we were complaining about is that, you know, when we do um, come across girls in real life in our area or in our circle of friends that pick up a controller, it's usually just to impress their boyfriend, and we're pretty sick of it. Um, you know, and... They're like, oh, teehee, I, you know, what button is which? Teehee, I don't know how to do this, and you just want to smack them. Yeah, that, um, that is a, you know, not, or, not helpful. <laughs> Definitely it, not helpful. Really not. And so, you know, although we, you know, girl gamers are not all that rare or as rare as you would think, it's hard for us to find each other. And so, you know, so that's that's why the site has been um, just a huge asset to the gaming community and. Um, you know, girls and guys are like just just really find it refreshing is is what they tell us in the feedback. So, um, so it's it's really cool. I'm very well, very. You cool. know, it's funny because there was um and Slick brought that up. One of the guys in the chat who's under my name as co-host. He um the, he moderates the for the video game forum on MySpace, and. In the video game forum of MySpace, it's, it, it is a great forum. There are a lot of great people there. A lot of them are listeners for the show. But it's also very Wild West, depending on which part of the forum you wander into. And the, uh, the girl gamer thread in particular was uh, definitely – there was a lot of violence in there. <laughs> because, <laughs> because, you know, it's like you said, what, what, is, a, what is a girl gamer? And there's, mm-hmm. you know, loose interpretations. There's expectations that people have. And – not everybody's the same type of a gamer. The way I feel, it's either you're a casual gamer or you're a hardcore gamer. It doesn't matter how you how you take a leak, whether it's sitting or standing. You either 
casual or hardcore. That's really it. And, mm-hmm. and even hardcore is kind of a, a, a loose title because that would mean that you do nothing else but game, and most of us have real jobs. <laughs> exactly, unfortunately. And, and some of us are lucky to, to work, uh, you know, in the industry somewhat. But like most people and, and like all the actors and everybody waiting tables, you know, we all got to do our day jobs <laughs> until we end up on G4. So, Well, please, if you do end up... If you do end up on G4, please, please make them change their programming a little bit. I like, I like, I like watching some of it, but sometimes I watch it. I'm like, really? I just sat through this because you know, as, as a person that has to, you know, even though I do the show once a week, I have to get, you know, seven days worth of news in there. So you know, I'll scour the web, I'll talk to people, I'll, I'll between you know, Wizard, GamePro, and any other magazines I'm reading, and and G4, and then I'm watching it. And I'm like. I learned absolutely jack shit this week. Like when it comes to G4, I'm like, wow, I learned nothing. Nothing that I don't already know or nothing that I haven't read in an RSS feed. It's, 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 it's a little disheartening. Yeah, very much well, so. With that being said and not um, wanting to beat a dead horse, let, let's talk some X10. What do you got? Yes, let's, we have some exciting stuff. Um, I I am really looking forward to a couple here. Um, the uh, the huge Silent Hill fan in me is really excited for um, Alan Wake, uh, which hits uh, May 18th. It's a total Stephen King um, inspired, obviously. Um, writer goes to a quaint town where he comes from, and uh, wife goes missing. Suddenly, um, all these events from a, a book that he supposedly wrote but doesn't remember start coming to life, and uh, the darkness can actually hurt you. So it's it's a really interesting concept. The, the graphics look incredible, um, and uh, Joyly and I are actually going to be do, doing a joint review nice. on that when it does come out, um, kind of getting both sides of the coin, coin there. Uh, she and I are both Silent Hill fans, unfortunately, Akira Yamaoka left Konami, um, so we will not be seeing any more of him on the franchise. Um, so I don't know what's going to happen with that. Um, I think that's of course. Oh, um, I was going to say, and of course, Halo Reach. Um, uh, yes. I'm a huge. I am a huge Halo fan, um, and uh, that hits May third. Um, and of course, Halo we all know is an Xbox exclusive, but uh, Alan Wake will be as well. So um, those and uh, Dead Rising 2 are the biggest ones that I'm looking forward to. Got some good old-fashioned zombie killing, but uh, Dead Rising 2 allows you to um, combine items to make custom weapons yep, using with tape. duct tape. <laughs> with duct tape. So um, if you know if, if you didn't get a chance to, I have an article on there as well about Jimmy rigging your way to victory. Uh, I have some examples on there, and it just seems like endless fun. Um, nice. Finding creative like ways that. to. Uh, <laughs> I like the paddle ball and the chainsaw. Oh my gosh! Yeah, row, row, row their heads right off. So. Yeah, I'm all about that. That's awesome. It's going to be incredible. So, so really looking forward to that. Um, an interesting uh, announcement as well um, is that the beta for Halo Reach will actually be Halo 3 ODST. So if you have that disc, that is going to be your key to the beta. Nice. 
Yeah. Well, you know, um, I like Halo, and I, you know, I've played it. My, I only have a one small gripe with Halo, and that's that uh-huh. I'm not. I, if I go online, I usually end up breaking a controller because <laughs> it always feels like, oh, the game just came out today. Hey, let me go online, and you're just getting murdered the minute you spawn. It's like, yeah. and it's like what's happening? Five-year-olds. And it just rubs it in. <laughs> oh my God! I'm like, that's why I, don't, I can't do. Mul- There's certain games I can't do multiplayer. I've realized if I do multiplayer on first-person shooters, someone's getting hurt or something's getting broken. So I don't even do it to myself. I can't. It's like, all right, let me go on. I'll you know I play the campaign and maybe once in a while if it's with a group of people I know, maybe I'll hop on for for some type of of sp of FPS. You know, everybody. Uh, I got Left for Dead one for Christmas, and people are on two already. And the online component on that I like just because it's more team-based, team so I may mm-hmm. give that a shot online. But Halo 3, I'll play it. Halo Reach, I'll play single-player campaign. But I don't think I'll be jumping online anytime soon. Well, you know, it's funny, and it really depends on the crowd. It's like you're saying. I mean, you can get on there and get murdered. You can get on there with the right crowd and rule. And once you get to a certain rank, um, you'll find that the elite people tend to be stuck up and drop out, and then um, and then all the noobs are screeching in your ear, and they sound like they're six and trying to talk gangsta, and you just have to mute them all. Um, you know, I tend to I tend to play only with uh, with friends or my husband. My husband and I play Halo Three together a lot, and um, so it's it's our bonding time. Nice video game couples. Yeah, as we go on there and, and pwn some noobs. Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong at all. No, nothing wrong at all. So, so that's looking really good. Um, speaking of first-person shooters, um, there's some mystery surrounding the the teaser trailer we saw for Lost Planet 2, which yep. hits May 18th. Um, some of you might have recognized some of the characters. Yep, Dominic that and popped up that. Absolutely. So. Um, that was one of those trailers that just went, uh, wait, what? And you had to rewind it and go, what? Yep. Was, was that dumb? Holy crap. Yep. And so, um, you know, so that really piqued my curiosity. Um, I haven't played the first Lost Planet. I remember when it came out, um, I never did get around to it. But uh, after seeing that, I'm curious to look more into the franchise and see um, what they're doing with it, frankly. And Albert Wesker's in there, too, from Resident Evil. That's right. That Which is right. I did hear that. So that we've got a lot of talent coming out. Um, oh, speaking of Left 4 Dead, um, there is, for those that liked the original, since you've been playing that one for Christmas, um, there's a DLC coming out uh, called The Passing, and that has the original cast. Nice. Yes. So, Zoe may all the to, way. Woo-hoo! May have, to, may, have to, may have to mess with that now. Yeah, exactly. And... Um, just a little plug there too, because I have to do it. Um, <laughs> is, uh, a couple months ago, I did have an exclusive interview with the voice of Zoe. Uh, her name is Jen Taylor, and some people may not know this, but she's also the voice of Cortana. Oh, um, nice. Yes, and Princess Peach. So this girl <laughs> covers every yeah, and Toadie. So she gets to do everything, but like yay. Little noises like that going around in Mario Kart, and then <laughs> guiding Master Chief and go through there and 
there is a way, and then turn around and kill in the undead. So she's she's a really great gal. The um the interview is still up on the site under the women and gaming section. You can check that out. Coming up soon here. Um, I'm actually in the middle of an interview with um, Lorraine McLeese. Um, she is actually uh, one of the head art um, designers for uh, the Halo franchise with Bungie. She actually designed the logo. Um, she does a lot of the concept art, and um, although she's very modest, she has had a lot to do with what has made Halo very cool. So I'm really looking forward to the, that interview, um, and as soon as that's posted, I will, of course, share that. Nice. Yeah, you're um, making making a lot of moves right now. I, I'm, a, I'm a tad jealous. <laughs> <laughs> just a little, just a smidge, a little smidge of hate, not too much, though. <laughs> Gamers got to have a little bit of hate. Just enough to keep you going. Well, you know what it is? I, I give two and a half hours of hate every week. So, you know, sometimes <laughs> I, try to, I try to keep the hate to a minimum. You got to give back, though. You got to give it back. <laughs> well, well, you know what? It's funny because the one thing that everybody gave a lot, of, a lot of stuff about for X10 that there was tons of posts was um, the Xbox 360 bundle for Final Fantasy thirteen. It's coming with a yes. 250 gig hard drive and two wireless controllers. Now, um, before I pick your brain, the one thing I have to be annoyed about, and it's happened already twice, is the exclusive consoles are coming out with the bigger hard drives, and you and I both know in the foreseeable future they're gonna mil- they're gonna beat us over the head to buy the other uh, 250 gig hard drives. And this has been a point of discussion for the last few weeks. Um, when I've been talking about just the larger size hard drives, do you think that Microsoft is just really just sticking it to us by making us have to buy these ridiculously overpriced hard drives when you can just as easily slap one in like the PS3? Um, you know what? I the the one thing I have liked about Xbox is that they do like any you know uh, capitalist organization. Um, it's going to want to eventually have us upgrade. Um, but the one thing I did like about Microsoft is they do keep things um, reverse compatible, and they do allow us to um, do upgrades and do, you know, some modifications, not a whole lot. Um, the, the Final Fantasy bundle, yeah, it looks great. Um, I'm not a big Final Fantasy fan. The graphics look fantastic. The artwork is great. Um, I'm just not um, a role-play person. Um, I'll play D&D, I'll roll some bones, but on a video game screen, it does nothing for me. Um, but, uh, but yeah, people are talking about that um, and, and the faceplate and all of that. I have seen the faceplate. Mike did get his hands on that and showed it off on Skype. It looks really, looks really good. The trailer looks fantastic. But, um, but yeah, I mean, when it comes to upgrades, I think that um, Microsoft is going to steer us that direction. They're going to want to keep us moving that direction. I don't foresee a new console coming out like a, you know, Xbox 362 anytime soon. And so I think the next best thing is going to be um, the larger hard drives, or like the Elite. When the Elite came out, um, that's a good example. Um, my husband and I held out for the Elite, actually. <laughs> it worked wow, for it us. <laughs> and uh, and it, it's black. I'm holding out for the black Wii, frankly. <laughs> I'm you know, not as specific as the white one. Well, I was like that, too, and, I, and you know, it, it's really weird that, that you say that because there are times when I was like, all right, all right, you know, the original Xbox, the giant, uh, the giant microwave that it was, was black. 
And then I'm like, wow, the uh, the 360's uh, kind of white looking. It's gonna kind of throw off my color scheme. And then you know you adjust, and then the Wii came out, and the Wii's you know perfectly clean and white, and that's fine. But it's weird how there, and you're not the only one that said it, that, that people will literally resell their consoles in some instances to get the black one. It's yep, weird. and I'm one of those people. It is weird. It is weird, but black feels more hardcore. It really does. <laughs> and I think, I, I feel like the Wii was white to begin with because it was targeted towards that family audience. They really wanted it to... Um, compete, and if you notice, um, you know, um, Band Hero um, was is basically a, a slightly toned down version of Guitar Hero. It's the exact same thing. The only difference is, if you look at it, it's got friendly pastel colors, a white box. Yep. Um, it looks very friendly, and a white console looks more friendly. It's a psychological marketing ploy is really all it is. And the black one has a larger hard drive. It's, you know, got the wireless controllers. Um, that was my husband's birthday present when it came out, uh, just in time for Halo 3. When Halo 3 came out, that was his birthday package, was the Elite wow. and uh, was Halo 3. And um, the black headphones to match and everything. And... Uh, you know, it's we held out for it because it does. It feels more hardcore. Those of us that treat gaming more as a lifestyle as opposed to a casual hobby um, are, are typically the ones that are going to go for the black console, I think, over the white ones. Um, well, it's funny you say that. My reasoning for that, for not having the black Wii, or, well, because it doesn't exist, or a black 360 is because my ass is poor. <laughs> and, yeah. Um, I'm on. I'm actually on my second 360. So um, I could have bought it, but then I said to myself, I can't transfer my stuff over, and then I don't want to have the gray hard drive with the black system. You know, then that gets into play too. So I'm like, right. I can't do it. So I have to it's rebuy like, the arcade and put the hard drive on like a schmuck. <laughs> Xbox forcing guys to coordinate. Yes. <laughs> It, it, it really this isn't is. an outfit. This is a video game system. What oh, it's, the hell? It's, it's, it's sad, but it's so true. It's like, you know, when, when my fiance's over, we all have, you know, I have the skins for the, for the Wiimotes for the Wii. So, of course, you know, her Wiimote has a pink skin. It's just the way it is. And then now there's, now there's a pink Wiimote, and she saw it, and she's like, she's like am I going to be getting a pink Wiimote anytime soon? And I'm like, I don't know. Yeah. Are you? Just because it, that's what happens. You, you start going to such great lengths to make everything uniform that that's how they get you too. Because it's like if you're perfectly happy with your Xbox, there's no necessity for you to go sell it and get the black one. See, in your exactly. instance, you needed it. But there are people that are going out of their way to do that. Well, and you're right. And, and my biggest beef is actually the black wheat does exist, but only in Japan. Of course. Um, yeah, of course. And so I actually was doing pricing and figuring out, you know, the, the outlet uh, adapter and all this stuff. I was actually plotting and seeing if I could order one online, but it, it wouldn't work. And so um, – That would be your rent. <laughs> what's that? I said that would be your rent money. <laughs> yeah, it really would. And uh, I kind of value uh, not sleeping in the snow. That would be fantastic. Yeah, um, but – but, uh, you know, but Nintendo had said a couple of months ago they were quoted as saying that they were not planning on 
releasing consoles in any other different colors anytime soon. But I tend to not believe that. With the competition and with all the different colors of the aftermarket items that you can get, the different colors, the different skins, uh, your face plates, things like that, Nintendo is bound to adapt. They're really famous for that. They really paved the way for what consoles are today. And with the new, newish president of Nintendo in place now, um, I think they're going to be smart and go the way of, of black leaves in America. I, believe. I wouldn't doubt it. I think it's just the, 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 the only way to compete. But um, with that said, the, the last bit of X10 news I wanted to go over with you was the, um, the Xbox Live Arcade block party. What do you yeah. think about it? And the game room. And Perfect Dark. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Perfect Dark. You know, I I haven't I don't play too much of the arcade, but, you know, I did see, you know, quite a bit. Um, I, I saw that Perfect Dark was going to be part of the block party. And, um, you know, it's got remastered visuals. Um, it's live enabled. It's, you've got your, multi, your uh, multiplayer, your leaderboards, your achievements. Avatar Awards, things like that. So, so they're trying to make it, um, I don't know, is, is more accessible would be the right word for it. Um, you know, arcade, a lot of people play it. They really do. I'm not an arcade person myself, but I do pay attention to what's going on there. Um, and I'm seeing that that people do like it. I was looking at that uh the Lips Party Classics, and that fell on the floor. I don't know if you saw that. Um, no, that I didn't see. <laughs> oh, my God. It's some kind of horrible karaoke party. It's Oh, no. It, it does not look promising at all. I was creating the game page on Girl Gamer and uploading the screenshots, and it was like, this <laughs> does not even look fun. <laughs> <laughs> there is not enough beer in the world to make this game fun for me. I just, no, no thank you. Well, you know what it is? There's certain things that you know, especially, you know, with, with Project Natal, which was on Smallville, they're, they're, they know that the, just the interactive aspect of, of gaming is, is becoming more physical. It's not just holding a controller anymore. So they're really trying new and intuitive ways to sucker you in. They're like, oh, yeah, you can play this game, but... You can play it standing up and moving, not just uh-huh. sitting down. I love that. I love how they try and, and they try and and sneak that in there. And they're so you know borrowing it from Nintendo now that they made it successful. Oh right, right. And you know, and then we got Needle in the Works, and you know, we've got all these different things that you know are exciting. And and um, you know, the biggest things that ironically, I'm not seeing them on a lot of sites, but I've been keeping my eye on them is Jedi Mind, and I don't know if you've been following them at all. No. Um, uh, talk about cyberpunk. Okay. Uh, you for a for about the price of a console for three hundred dollars, you get the controller. Um, it goes on your head. It reads your brainwaves. I'm not even kidding you. Get out of here! Really? No, no. I am kidding. I'm not even kidding. And for fifty dollars, the price of any other brand new game, it's a PC game right now. The very first one was debuted uh, in December. It's called Stink Tactoe, and you move everything with your mind. Holy shit! Oh, you yeah. gotta send me links. And, you gotta send me links oh, for that. I will, so I, could... I will send you links. I I had um, that's a feature. insane. 
Yeah. Oh, it is insane. And I can't believe that they are not um, all over the Internet. Are you kidding me? This is Philip K. Dick stuff right there. I mean, you know, I, I find Skype amazing. I'm kind of a nerd, but, like, I, I find things like that very cyberpunk. And to be able to put a controller on and move my guy around um, with my mind it's just incredible. And and they're not only using it for video games, they're they're debuting it in the video game industry because the potential of course is obvious. But they're actually developing the um the programs for mind control wheelchairs, for cars, for appliances, that's uh medical surgery, surgery. This thing is huge. And the only reason I know about it is because I'm a total video game fanatic and I follow the news and I follow the press releases and yeah, it is huge. And I've been following them for a while. I will definitely send you the link, but yeah, those that are listening, look up Jedi mind and it is exactly what you think it is. You use the force, <laughs> so to speak. That is ridiculous. And you, and you move things. You'll find, look it up on YouTube. They have demonstrations. Oh, that's going to be fantastic. I think that's going to be just a that's going to be a post for the site in and of itself. But yeah, right there. Just just go on YouTube and look up Jedi Mind, and you will find it. You will find um, different demonstrations they've done. Um, and uh, and if you go to their their website, which I believe is Jedi Mind Inc., uh, they have you can subscribe to their um, their updates, and they they send them to you. Um, they're 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 going to be big. They're going to be really big. Um, and if I had the money, I would invest in them so fast. Well, there you go. Well, we got our, our first caller on the air. We're going to put him on. So uh, right. if you don't mind answering a few calls, we're going to have a little fun with that. And then we're going to sure. plow through the rest of these game news. So we'll see who we got. I believe it's probably going to be Slick first, as always. But let's find out. <laughs> Slick, you're on the air. What's up, man? What's going on? I'm good, man. How you doing? I'm good. I'm good. Angel, it's good to have you on the show. Thanks, Wick. What do you got, hey, my friend? Uh, first, I'm getting off the speaker. Sorry about that. Um, I wanted to, you know, just pick Angel's brain on, you know, the kind of game she likes to play. I know you talked a lot about the games at X10, but other than what what you're looking forward to, like, let's what did you enjoy in 2009? Um, my favorite ones uh, were definitely um, Halo 3 ODST. Um, touched a little bit on Batman. Unfortunately, I didn't get to finish that when I had it with Gamefly. Um, the the demo for Dante's Inferno was awesome. I, I'm really looking forward to actually picking that game up. Um, Darksiders. I've been playing the crap out of Darksiders. Really liking game. that one. Yeah, absolutely incredible. I finished um, it. I'm not going to spoil it, but it is it is beyond awesome. And I'm not even saying that because wow. I had the guys on the show and because I played it at the, at the Comic-Con. It was just because the game is solid, just a solid title. Well, I mean, you're going really really to find shit to complain about because, you know, you're going to just like any other game. But the overall presentation is solid. The art style is solid. Great voice acting fantastic music, awesome boss battles. It's, it's the, it, it, it is in a nutshell not perfect, but definitely close. You yeah, know, and not only like that, oh. it's, a, it's a throwback to what gaming used to be. Um, it's, although the graphics are incredible, it used to be less about 
how shiny it is and how much of a challenge it was. And, you know, back in the day, it used to be all about the boss battles. And I'm Sure, the boss and, battles are key. Yeah, well, exactly. And now it's like, oh, no, it's all about story. And, and you know, I'm a writer. I love story. If it has a crappy story, chances are I'm not going to be all that interested in it. You know, but, but with all these developers trying to be clever and losing sight of what's important or vice versa, making it really shiny but having no content, um, him dark void and um <laughs> <laughs> yeah dark void is uh, sorry i had something in my throat there um yeah but very pretty uh really not that great um you know dark Fader's really the more i play it the more i love it just all the different aspects and um you know the research that they went into it some of the names that they throw out there are real they are actually from um revelations that are actually from the kabbalah these are real characters that they put into a what-if scenario. And the the use of color, the use of sound, the use of, you know, the soundtracks, the, the puzzles, the combinations. You know, you got some Tomb Raider moves moved, in, you know, in there. You got some puzzle solving. You got some good old button mashing going on. I mean, it's such a great combination um, that, yeah, I, I had to buy it. I rented it first, and I had to buy it. It was great. Yeah, I, I was saying that I love Dark Siders myself. I'm I haven't finished it, but I'm at the end because I'm one of those guys that has to get all the power ups and everything first. But I have, well, again, not gonna spoil anything. So I'm at the end, but I I gotta get a few more things. Batman, I definitely think you should try to check that out again. You know, definitely. Yeah, you need Batman. Um, you need it. It it, <laughs> it went awards after awards after awards. Um. I uh, I love Harley Quinn. She's my favorite character of all time. Um, they, you got Mark Hamill in there, uh, who was also in Darksiders, as I'm sure you know. And um, you know, you, you can't beat the voice acting and the um, the fact that they brought Arkham Asylum to life in a place that you can explore is just fascinating to me. I've always been fascinated with Arkham Asylum, and so I'm definitely definitely going to pick that one up again. And that's definitely one you need to do. I mean, uh, the games that I would be looking forward to this year, I hear the possibility of the sequel to Arkham Asylum this year, but that's probably going to happen next year. Um, I'm a big PS3 fan, so I'm looking forward to Infamous 2, which is rumored to be coming out this year. Everybody on in that in that chat right now will tell you that we're all pretty much looking forward to Super Street Fighter Four. Yes. <laughs> yes, absolutely. Now, and I'll have to ask you too. Um, you know, as a PS3 guy, um, have you picked up Heavy Rain? There's a lot of talk about that. I haven't gotten my hands on it. What do you think about that? I haven't tried the demo yet because me. I personally, I've read a lot into it, and I've looked a lot at a lot of the gameplay and everything. It seems like it's going to be a good game, but it doesn't seem like personally my type of game. Like, it seems like it might be a little bit slow for me. No, that's totally understandable. There are a lot of really great games out there that are coming out that are just not my style. And, exactly. and I give them props and just, just really not my thing. 
So, no, I was curious because a lot of people are talking about that and how cool it is, and some people are saying, yeah, it's really not my thing. So saying that you're a PS3 guy, just, just wondering. Pretty cool. Well, um, I have, like, my taste shifts. Like, sometimes a game that normally wouldn't appeal to me appeals to me. Like, I'm, I stuck in first-person shooters, but I love Left 4 Dead 1 and 2. I'm actually pretty good at it. And I just picked up Bioshock 2 today. I actually went crazy and got the collector's edition. Now I need a damn record player just to get play the soundtrack to the first game. I know it. Oh, I want that edition. Yeah, it's 200-page art book was what really did it for me in that one. But, I mean, you get the soundtrack to the second game on CD. You get the soundtrack to the first game, but it's on vinyl. Nice, I understand nice. why they did that, but I was like, why? Yikes. <laughs> um, and uh, just just a quick note as well, too, um, for people that might be curious about Girl Humor and, and checking it out, we are um, going to be uh, working with a company called uh, Tenacious Toys. They put out oh, yeah. a lot of... Yeah, they have some incredible Bioshock toys um, as well as other franchises, so be sure and check them out and keep an eye on our site. Now is a great time to get into the site. Um, by uh, participating, you earn points. Those points will soon be able to be traded in for items, um, for uh, swags, for you know uh, prizes, all kinds of fun stuff. So now is a great time to get on. Um, unlike a lot of sites, you don't have to earn a certain rank before you can post reviews, before you can have your own blog, things like that. Day one, you're the king or queen. You you do what you want. You customize your profile. You you jump on the forums, and uh, and I'm the band hammer. So you got to keep you got to be cool. <laughs> but other than that, I will personally kick you off. But you know, other than that, you have fun. <laughs> Well, I, I know no, what that's no like because I'm the band hammer in MySpace and on MyTake Radio, so nice. I'm pretty used to following the rules and breaking nice, them a little nice. bit. Yeah, yeah. You know, and, and it's it's one of those things where it's like, you know, everything is good fun. It's more about intent than anything. When people come on, they're just trying to push people's buttons. That's when it's inappropriate. Um you know, but but people that are having a casual conversation, you know, that's that's not hurting anybody. It's uh, you know that that's where we have some good moderators on there, and and also some good members that look out for each other. So um, we've only had one real troll, um, and, and and he's gone now. <laughs> did you li- did you liquefy him and feed him to the other gamers? <laughs> uh, we sent the ninjas after him. It's always about the ninjas. <laughs> yes. So it's, well, it's, it's not a party till you get the ninjas. So, uh, yeah, we, uh, we don't hear from him anymore. Nice. <laughs> well, my dear Slick, anything else you need to add, my friend? No, I'm going to clear the line to see if anybody else is going to call in. Uh, no, I'm just going to run through the rest of these uh, gaming news. All right, cool. All right, brother. Cool, thanks, Slick. All right, I'll talk to you later. All right, man. Later. Bye-bye. All right. Um, I got a little MPD report, and I was looking at some of the numbers for the month of January. And um, some, something that jumped out at me was that new Super Mario Brothers, which, of course, is a rehash of 
every other Mario game, sold 656,000 copies in the month of January, beating out Mass Effect 2. Mm-hmm. And the, the Wii Fit is still up there with 555,000 copies. And the reason why I'm bringing this up, usually I go through them every week, is because some of these numbers, is, they, they really do blow my mind, especially when I talk about consoles every week. Right now, the top console for January was the Wii. It sold 465,000 consoles to Xbox 360, 332. But every week, I, every time, every month I look at these numbers, PlayStation 2 still up there with 41,000 consoles. Does it does I it surprise that you that does it surprise you that it's still selling this this far this far down the road? Uh, no, because they keep shelling out awesome games for PS2 and PS3 um, is not backwards compatible. Um, you know, so if there are PS3 titles out there that you really want, absolutely get a PS3. It does a lot of really cool things. You got the Blu-ray and everything, but um, you know, I don't have a PS3. I, I would like to have one at some point, but you know, we're in a recession. You got to be juicy yes. with, uh, with with console to get. Um, but uh, you know, I still got my PS2. It is still hooked up right next to the 360. So I mean, it's it, it's a great console. It, uh, it it's never steered me wrong before, and um, I, I'm not surprised at all. People um, can still go to um, any used game store or any game store out there, GameStop, whatever, and find huge bargain bins full of PS2 games. You can go to pawn shops and, and walk oh, yeah. out with a trash bag full of them. So it's really cheap and quality entertainment still to this day, even after all these years. So that doesn't well, surprise know, me at all. I still pick up PS2 games because, I mean, I'm not, I'm not going to lie and I'm not going to bullshit you or anybody that's listening, but my PS2 is modded. Fuckload of, of copied games. It, it, it happens. It, but what I've been doing is there's certain games I've been buying that you know are PS2 games. I try. I'm usually getting like the collections, like you know the, uh, like the Fatal Fury collection and stuff like that, and playing it on the PS3. Mm-hmm. I mean, do you see do you see more people leaning towards that, especially with their backwards compatible consoles? I mean, I'd recommend if if when it's time for you to get a PS3, you find a way to get you know a 60 gig uh, backwards compatible console, so you can uh, let your PS2 die in peace. Right, exactly. And, you know, and same with the PSP Go. Um, you know, I'm, I love my PSP to death. I like the concept of the Go. I think it's a great design, but I think that it has a lot of bugs to work out. And um, yes, personally, I'm going to wait till they work them out. Um, not only is it is it expensive, um, but they have the monopoly as to who you can buy the games from. You can only buy them from the PlayStation Network. So whatever price they say it is, it is. You can't shop around. You can't find it on eBay. You can't find it at the pawn shop. You can't find it anywhere. And, you know, and, and I have a problem with that because on one hand, it's their games. They can do what they want with them. But, you know, the reason that sales are so good is because you can shop around. You can find the best deal. You can find, you know, I'll pre-order at this store you get this or, you know, buy one, get one free or whatever. I mean, those are the kind of stores that are successful because they appeal, you know, to gamers that are looking for a deal. And with with PSN, um, you know, they have a lot of great games. They have um, a lot to offer. But, you know, if people don't have a choice in the matter and they're 
you know, maybe not in the market or, or don't have the funds to buy it, they're just not going to. And I think they're isolating people because of that. Well, you know what's funny about that? It's the fact that when they when the PSP Go was initially released, I looked at it and I'm like, okay, so they're retiring the regular PSP. When I found out they were selling it in addition, I said to myself, who, who's going to buy this at, at this rate? You know, you're giving people two consoles that basically do the same thing. You're, one's mm-hmm. just a little, a little cuter, and it has no disc. I mean, what, what happens if you lose the console on the bus? You're losing all the games yeah. with it. It's just a huge, you know, it's a huge investment. Wow. No, it, it's like leaving your 360 on the bus and walking off. Absolutely. It, it, it's, it's completely gone. And so, yeah, you know, like I said, I like, I like the design. I like the text phone type of look to it. I think they're trying to appeal to that teenager crowd, the, the text happy kids. And by, by having that design, quite frankly, but, um, you know, as what I would consider, you know, a hardcore gamer or at least someone that games seriously and, and is also a savvy shopper, um, not to be a stereotypical girl, but <laughs> to be nope, a broke girl, um, <laughs> a girl with not a whole lot of money, because I'm, uh, you know, whatever. Um, we are we are fucking poor. It's okay. You can say. Yeah. It. We, <laughs> we, we get six... serving gamers. That's that's us. So. Oh um, yeah, we get sixty bucks, and we and we're like, oh god, what game is gonna get it? That's why games exactly, like, like money. Mm-hmm. Exactly, exactly. That's why Gamefly is awesome. Like, you got to know that the brand new game is probably not going to be available the day it comes out because no matter how far in advance you reserve it, good luck getting it. But um, but I've I've tried a lot of great games like Darksiders. Darksiders um, I was able to play through Gamefly and ended up buying it. So it's it's a great way to find out what you like and what you don't. And, um, um, you know, but, but it's it's that cost efficiency, and, and going back to what we were talking about, I get easily derailed, sorry. Um, That's okay. Nothing wrong with it. Is, is uh, you know, with, you know, by offering the same product, you know, I think they're testing the market. And, you know, they, they really want to see how consumers are going to consider this new product, this new way of playing games. So, so if you look at their campaigns as well, all the people in those commercials were really young, really hip, uh, wearing the the latest clothes, kind of preppy, in brand new cars. Those are the <laughs> kind of people that, that, that they're marketing to. They're not marketing to the people riding the bus. Well, you, you know, know. It's, what I was going to say was the fact is that you go and – you and I kind of felt slighted for for the people that that owned the, the regular PSP because it's like oh yeah here's your regular nice cool PSP but you know you can get this shiny new one that does kind of less than what your old one does in some respects but but it's smaller and you can lose it a lot easier you know like I don't like the rationale that they put towards selling you know selling you the PSP Go what I thought at the time was that the PSP Go would be the future of the of the PSP as a, as a whole, and that you know they'd kind of fade to black and let the PSP Go run with the ball. But I don't understand how they can sit there and honestly sell both consoles and really expect people to drop nearly fifty dollars less than a PS3 for mm-hmm. something that you can lose in five seconds. 
Well, exactly. I have the PSP. I love the PSP. I have the original version, too, which is a little bulkier than 2.0 that came out. And, um, you know, I still hang on to that thing. I love it. It works great. Um, you know, but if I was to consider getting a PSP Go, I would fork out extra 50 bucks for the PS3. That's it. Um, it doesn't make any sense. I mean, exactly, because then I can get exclusives for the PS3 and still play my PSP games and still play my PS2 games, um, you know, and all I need is a Wii and I'm set. I got everything. Um, nothing, nothing wrong with that. You're pretty, you're pretty good to go. Yeah, well, except the DS. I'm still on the fence about the DS. A lot of people play the DS. Um, they really try to market it towards girls. Um, yes, raise the kittens, the, the, the raise the horses. It's pretty cool, but I'm, I'm a controller type of girl. Yes. I got to I gotta do the button mashing thing. If it's not a stand-up arcade where I'm street fighter, chicken, something, beating the crap out of somebody... Um, and yelling as you're slapping the buttons till they break, uh, <laughs> you know, no, no, no. And then, you know, or or you have a controller in your hand. I don't know. I'm the same reason why I'm not that much personally into PS or um, into PC gaming. There are a lot of girls in the PC gaming on our site, and that's great. You know, you get all your, your players. Um, it's just, again, just not my thing. It's great. A lot of people do it, but I, I really like having – that controller, and uh, probably the only thing I'll give that up for is uh, the Jedi Mind. Uh, That's it. The brain, my head running around brain control. Uh, being psychic. Well, we got so, another. We got another caller for you, so let's see who it nice. is. Okay. Hello. Waffles. What's up, what's up? Uh, and I gotta say, I gotta say hi to Angel. Thanks for coming on the show as well. What's up, Waffles? Well, I got to go back to the PS2, like how you guys are talking about. First off, I'm I'm surprised, too, how it's been making sales. But then again, I'm not surprised. Like, I agree with you, what Angel said. Like, everyone's getting it more because, like, the new PS3s, they're not backwards compatible. That's true. But also, you got to admit, the PS1 games play better on the PS2. And we look better for the PS2 than the PS3 because the PS3 is supposed to fix up what like the images and the graphics if you have the HDMI cable and really it won't enhance it it'll just make it look worse because it wasn't meant to be enhanced correct mm-hmm. yes that is true okay. so that's why I'm not as surprised about the PS2 sales still going up because people are still buying PS1 games and of course, the PS2 is the best thing to get it because I bought a PS1 like what sometime last year off the of Craigslist, and that shit mm-hmm. does not work. Like that thing didn't even last. It doesn't really play much. So I the swear PS2... it. No sooner did the PS2 hit the market did my PS1 die. Yep. Yeah, exactly. Where it was conspiracy. It was. I think it is uncanny. It was completely mm-hmm. uncanny. And it was nice, and so, of course, it was a no-brainer. Well, of course, I'm going to upgrade to the PS2 because it's backwards compatible. I have this huge stack of PS1 games, and now I can do PS2 as well. And the CD player, woo! You know, you didn't have that before. And so, you know, I've, and I believe it played movies, too. I don't remember. I used the Xbox for that now. But um, I nice. still have their remote. 
for the PS2. I have the remote sitting around the front the other day. <laughs> it has the little X and the the triangle and everything on it. It's pretty funny. But God, um, that was awful. Yeah, it, it was pretty funny, and we we were we were pretty hot shit for having that too. So. Um, oh yeah, back then, yeah, you'd be like, oh, yeah. look at this, man, plays the DVD, son. <laughs> yep, exactly. Playing my CDs? Is that a stereo? No, it's my PS2. <laughs> That's my right. PS2. That's right. <laughs> Play Resident Evil and listen to the soundtrack right afterwards. Ha. Nice. So, um, <laughs> you know, yeah, it's it was a no-brainer, but yeah, it was really weird how the PS1 died right when the PS2 came out. Yep. So I'm I'm still not convinced that wasn't a conspiracy. Probably well, was. <laughs> They killed everything else off. They're like, all right, let's just quietly. But you know what it is? They refuse to kill the PS2 because they know that, that they got that $100 sweet spot. And I wouldn't doubt before 2012, if not during 2012, the PS2 hits forty nine ninety nine, and they keep churning them out. I wouldn't even doubt it. Well, again, like I said, like it's the PS1 games that are still going through because – there's a shop that I go to here that has a large variety of PS1 games, and every time I go, they're almost sold out as well. Like, people are still trying mm-hmm. to buy PS, PS1 games, and that's why the PS2 is the only thing you can play it on now. And it's, it actually runs smooth, like, better on a PS2 than it did on the PS1. Yeah, it The only thing that sucks, though, is that it's pretty hard to find a memory card because you don't have those backwards compatible memory cards from the PS2 to PS1. That's and right. I walked out and, and had one. Otherwise, yeah. Um, and, and it was hard for me to find. I had to, um, uh, luckily, I, I had I think I had an extra one. Um, I don't remember, but, yeah, I ran into the same problem, and, uh, and actually a friend of ours took off with one of our cards by mistake, <laughs> and it had all <laughs> these games all on it. And then he forgot he had it, and then he, we never oh, found it. I mean, it was just horrible. It's gamer's nightmare. Every gamer listening is, like, sweating. No, no. Um, but um, I did eventually find one. But, yeah, you're right. You can't find them anywhere. And the PS1 games, when you do find them, um, you know, aside from certain titles, like, you can actually find them still, you know, pretty cheap, but they go fast. Yeah, they go really fast. And then certain games are really expensive. Like the original Silent Hill, you can't even find that. Um, and if you do, people are asking fifty bucks for it on eBay. Yeah, no, you're right. And then one thing though, some games you get ripped off on. I still find um, Marvel vs. Capcom two for PS2. Mm-hmm. I know that's like not PS1, but I find for PS2 and Dreamcast, it's still well over a hundred dollars. Oh, I don't wow. know why. Yeah, I don't know why when you can just get it for like fifteen dollars on PlayStation Store. So. <laughs> there you go. So, well, you gotta so, look at it like this. You gotta look at it like this, Waffles. The fact is that the longevity is always gonna be there because people keep plunking down the money, and you gotta look at it like this too. The PS2 has a, like Angel said, the library of games is just endless, and they just keep they just keep sneaking solid titles out there. That that are that are worth the money. So it's like, oh man, let me let me go and get this for PS3. Oh, but this PS2 game is there. You keep you keep extending the shelf life of the console. So they're just gonna keep taking your money. They're not gonna stop. <laughs> no, yeah. That's true, that's true. Nope. 
they found out that it worked and that people were not going to give it up for the PS3, and they ran with it, which was smart. Um, so now they've got it in two places. You've got your hardcore PS3 gamers that, um, that stand behind that console uh, 100%, and then you have your people that are like, ah, I still like my PS2, or even people that have both. But, um, you know, so they're covering two uh, geographics with that, I guess would be, is that even the, the right word? Two demographics. Demographics. Thank you. <laughs> That's all right. I got you covered. I got you covered. <laughs> it's late. Um, That's all right. <laughs> but, uh, what but anyway, but you, but you get what I'm saying. There you go. You good, Waffles? That covers everything um, for you? Well, there's another thing, how you guys are talking about the PSP and the PSP Go. You just mentioned earlier on, too, with our PS2 crap, like, topic where they're just trying to find a way to get our money. It's yep. true. The PS the PSP Go was a stupid idea. Like, I've seen <laughs> – I'm, I'm sorry, but I saw it in Best Buy. They have the PSP and the PSP Go right next to it. That thing is, like, tiny as hell that my hands are, like, scrunched up. And I, I'm exaggerating this, but, like, within two minutes, my hands were hurting because how small it is. Like, there was no point on doing that. Even though they made the smart thing, we're not changing it where you can buy the PSP or the PSP Go. That's a good thing because if they just trade it off where you can only buy the PSP Go, you were screwed. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I was afraid they were going to do that, but I, I think they're really testing the market to see how people interact um, with it and, um, and and see if they like it and, and see how the sales speak for themselves. And so far... Um, PSP is still winning out. Um, PSP Go, eh, it's okay. If you didn't have a PSP before, PSP Go might be fun to try out. But if you have a PSP, it's really going to be hard to convert you. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's better to stay with the PSP. I would not recommend getting the PSP Go whatsoever. Because even the screen is smaller as well. When I looked at both of them, I would still prefer the PSP, especially because it's how you can buy like the UMD videos, like the DVDs. Mm-hmm. That's a good thing when you go traveling. That's a good thing to pass your time. Watch a little t- like video with your PSP because the PSP go like that small won't do you good. Right, go. right. Well, well, not only that, but with the memory card, you can actually convert your existing DVDs to a memory card and watch them on there. True. There you go. Yep, and same with MP3s. You can you can load up your memory card with music and, and use it as an MP3 player. So it's really diverse, and um, it's a little bit bigger than you know, say, a smartphone or um, you know, or, or an iPhone or something like that. But um, you know, I, I still love it. I think it's really versatile, and um, you know, there you have it. You can you can you can do a lot with it. So we'll see how the PSP go works. That's it. All right, waffles. Well, let me yes, just go no. through the rest of this stuff because I know I, I still got to cover movies and we have an hour of show left. And I see the switchboard is, like, fucking glowing. That's <laughs> cool. It's cool. Next time, people. All right, All right, All right dude. Bye, Thanks for the call. No problem. Bye. Later. All right. See what you started, Angel. Now the switchboard is just glowing. People, people, love, to, people love to talk to you. Julia is making fun of the spatula. I don't know what it means. But yes, that's it, kind of an inside joke, but yes. It 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 concerns me because anytime kitchen appliances are involved, they usually don't end well. But <laughs> I'll, yeah. I'll leave you. I'll leave anytime you to it for a woman with a yeah with a frying pan or a spatula, you just gotta run. 
Yeah, usually <laughs> usually a flashback of my mom hitting me with one of those comes to mind. <laughs> I got Definitely. the wooden spoon. I don't know about you, but when you heard that drawer open and all the utensils move forward, you know that sound? <laughs> oh, my God. My mom, my mom had, <laughs> as an 80s baby, my mom had a belt that had pennies on it because, you know, it's the fucking 80s. Oh, no. And it had, I had such a hate for Abe Lincoln growing up. <laughs> because it was all pennies on the belt. And and you know, I had I had my moments where I was just a badass kid and, and all you hear was just and it was just Abe Lincoln. And like I literally would see Abe Lincoln on like my thigh. It was it was the worst <laughs> shit ever. God it was tough growing up, but we could we could joke about that shit all day. Oh yeah, people won't get that. But uh let's take some calls in. Uh yeah, let's do Hyena's next. Is he? Let's see. Hyena, you're on the air. Hey, what's going on? What's going on, what's dude? Up? Well, Marcus, I, I just want to add a little bit more on, on the, the whole PSP conversation, you know? Like, Shoot. I've been noticing, like, a lot of handhelds, you know, like, uh, throughout time. They've been trying to get smaller and smaller and smaller. You know, last thing that's coming out is, like, uh, what's the next handheld that's coming out? The DSL, right? DSOO. Yeah, the big, big DS. Yeah, it's it's starting to get bigger now, so I'm kind of wondering if PSP is going to come out with like a PSP laptop now. Oh, uh, <laughs> you know what? I, I almost it, it sounds kind of ludicrous when you word it that way, but actually, do you, does anyone remember the the the? I can't even remember the name of it now. It was pretty short lived. It was a PS One that was portable. Do you guys remember oh, yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. Really, I remember that. Yeah, it was yeah. like a DVD player that you have now. Like you can have the little screen that popped up, and it you could play it in the car. And that was like the version of a, a PSP for the time. I would almost not be surprised if they brought back something like that. Yeah, I mean, it's just, I don't know. Like it, it just seems like innovations and whatnot, everyone's like running ideas for designs for, uh, you, know, uh, you know, for the actual... Uh, handheld uh, hardware, so who knows? I just wanted to toss that in there, you know, get in the conversation, talk a little. Well, you know, you know, it's funny, Hyena, that you say that. Well, no, don't don't run off yet, Hyena, because you always you always have to, you always bring in something good. And the fact is that I wouldn't doubt, especially with a lot of the independent modders out there. There's one guy. Um, he likes to make a lot of portable versions of the consoles. You've probably seen his work. I think it's Ben Heck. He um. He always makes a portable PSP or a portable PS3, or he does all this stuff. And I'm more than sure that these companies are lo- look at his designs and get ideas. I wouldn't doubt that there would be a, a more powerful, probably Tegra chips powered um, PSP in the future. That's more, you know, more iPad like, especially now that the iPhone is becoming, you know, you're you're going to see Street Fighter 4 on the iPhone for God's sakes. You know, it's a it's going that route, so I wouldn't doubt that you're going to see a more powerful PSP within the next at least five years that's going to compete against the iPad, for instance. You know, they'll call yeah. it like the, like the PSP pad or some shit. But it is leaning towards that direction, so your, 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 your methodology isn't far off, for sure. Yeah, well, I mean, like, the thing is that, like... Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. I, I was going to say it was really weird that you brought that up because I just had a weird flashback. I actually did have a dream last night that I was playing a game on, um, on something like that. It was like because everyone keeps talking about the iPad, the iPad, but it was a console. Yep. So maybe I predicted the future. 
You heard it here. You, you might you might have done it, but you know what? It's true. It's, it's one of those things that's definitely it's a step in the right direction. And I don't I have no issues with innovation as long as the innovation is is sensible and not PSP PSP go. Like you know, like right now the Nintendo's kind of doing the same thing with the DS and the DSi XL, and it's like oh here's a bigger one. But odds are I smell DSi XL having e-reader functionality. Hmm. Yeah. I, I agree, definitely. Smell it, smell it happening. Like I, what, what's interesting too is I mean like the PSP was supposed to uh, provide gamers with like PS2, PS1, you know, type graphics, you know. I, I assume, like, the new PSP that would be coming out would be mimicking PS3, meaning that it'd probably have to have, like, a blue-ray laser in it, which it's a very dangerous item. Like, a friend told me today, um, you know, like, he went on YouTube, and he took, like, a blue-ray laser, right, and he actually made it into, like, a an actual, you know, harmful laser. You know, he was popping balloons across the room, right? When gamers and, uh, get bored. Huh? Can we gamers get bored, we get dangerous. Yes, we yeah. do. And and and, and things that like, you know, like he, he got curious, you know, so he put his hand you know, he he was shooting a laser, he put his hand across it, like he swiped it. You know, he was fine, right? His friend was like, Okay, let me check this out. So he puts his arm uh, in front of the laser's uh in front of the laser, blood everywhere. Nice. That's always fun. And, and, and the thing, the interesting thing is that, like, you know, he, like, the guy who uh, made the laser, he couldn't figure out why he was unharmed. And then he realized his friend had tattoos on his arm. Yep, that'll do it. Yeah, so burned all the ink, and now he has, like, a white stripe on his, you know, I don't know. Nice. <laughs> there you go. See, we, we, we do some foul shit when we're bored. Let, let's yeah. put skyrocket. Let's put skyrockets on GI Joes and light them up outside. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 That's happened. But um, anything else, Hyena? No, I'm just making conver- casual conver- gamer, you know, conversation. That's all. Well, there you go. You know me. Well, keep keep your casual conversation in the chat. Let's go. Let's go through the rest of the story. <laughs> all right. Thanks, Hyena. Right, nice talking to you. I'll catch you later, dude. All right, uh, I got Mondo on the line. He he has some wrestling stuff he wants to discuss real quick. Oh, he hung up. Oh, he hung up. Yeah, he, he tapped out. He tapped out for now. But um, but I win. to close out the no, you didn't. To close out the um <laughs> the uh, the gaming news, I um really crazy thing I got was that the ESA was saying that 200 titles. Um, were they created 978 million illegal copies of games that were downloaded worldwide? Wow! Across you know multiple file sharing um, avenues, of course, and the highest percentage of downloads were from Italy, Spain, France, and China. And they put Mexico, Canada, and Brazil on a priority watch list due to piracy. How do you think? And if anybody would know would be you just because you're a little bit more involved in the industry. How do you think that piracy affects gaming? I mean, don't get me wrong, all games are being bootlegged, but do you think that considering that modern, like Call of Duty Modern Warfare is a, uh, a billion-dollar franchise, 
already. Mm-hmm. Do you think that the piracy effect w- would even make a dent in that, or is this something that they're blowing up more than they should? You know, I think it's a combination of both. I think that it really depends on the scale, and it really is relative. I mean, the original, um, the intent of, of anti-piracy is, is legit in that, you know, your your creative property, you want to protect it. But at the same time, you're going to get people that um, really aren't going to make a dent on it by like, hey, I have this game, I have a friend who can't afford it, hey, buddy, come play with me, whatever. Um, you know, but at the same time, like, I think that they blow it out of proportion to try and dissuade most people from doing it. It really just keeps honest people honest, basically. People that, um, you know, and I've known those type of people who already have a a bootleg copy of a movie three months before it comes out. Like, those people, you're always going to have them, always. Um, You know, but I think the majority of, I think what they're trying to do is is trying to curb the problem or at least keep it controllable to where new people are not thinking, oh, hey, really? Oh, hey, I I can do that? Well, well, crap, I'm not going to pay for it. Um, If they realize, oh, you know, FBI is watching me or whatever, most people are going to be dissuaded, whereas you're you're always just going to have pirates. To the core, <laughs> it's always going to be. Well, you know what um, it is. I think I think that definitely pricing has something to do with it. But in some instances, I think that just the 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 technology has gotten to the point where if you go out there and you say, "Oh, you can't you can't mod our games, you can't bootleg our systems," you end up basically giving hackers the finger and pissing them off. I oh, think exactly. Windows Windows is guilty of this a lot. They'll be like, oh, yeah, we got our new operating system. It's so fantastic. You can't you, – it's it's airtight. You can't do anything. Yeah, and then Every you look on a torrent, and it's there. On it. Yep, they immediately. on it like a cat in front of a string. I mean, they go, oh, really? Try me. And they're going to jump on it. It's, you know, it, it's just the way it goes. Um, and so, I, I like I said, I, I think that you're – by blowing it out of proportion, I think that they are um, trying to dissuade people, but if they make too big of a deal out of it, it's just like, you know, raising a teenager or something, that the more taboo you make it, the more intriguing it's going to be, and it's going to backfire on them. Oh, yeah, it's like, it's like watching blurry cable when you're a teenager. You know it's bad, but you're, you're hoping, you're hoping to – to get a taste of it, and I feel that piracy is the same way. It's like when you're younger especially, you don't want to pay the 50 bucks for the game because you're a kid. So if you can find a way to get it without paying for it, you're going to. It's just the way right. it is. you know. But with that, with that said and sticking with that, I think I got somebody that wants to actually discuss a little piracy, so let's bring him on. Vince. Yo. <laughs> What's up, dude? Yeah, I was going to bring up game piracy because it's been, you know, in the news a lot lately. I mean, there's this guy in Australia who's paying out, like, more than a million to Nintendo for uploading new Super Mario Bros. And That's right. And really aggressive against flash cart distributors and shit. And, and you got games like Mass Effect 2 and SOCOM Fireteam Bravo 3 that block off entire sections if you, you know, bought the game used or rented it or pirated it. And they expect you to pay again to unlock those features, and a lot of people are, like, really angry about this kind of thing. And, you know, I can understand that. But at the same time, how else, you know, do you try and combat piracy? I mean, I've always said that, you know, giving incentives to actually 
Go out and buy the product new is the only real way to combat piracy and used sales in the gaming industry, in the music industry, whatever. I mean, it might be a hassle for those of us who buy used or rent from Gamefly and ship, but people got to consider that these devs are potentially missing out on a bit of cash flow when their games are pirated. I, I, what, what do you guys think about this trend? Go ahead, Angel. Ladies first. All right. Well, you know, I have mixed feelings about it. Um, on one hand, you know, if, if you're too stingy with it, you really are missing out on what really amounts to free advertising. Um, a good product sells itself. And so I think the reason that Modern Warfare 2 has blown up the way that, you know, like Left 4 Dead 2 did, or, or the original Left 4 Dead did rather as well, um, it's because people loved it so much, they told their friends, hey, you've got to get this. And they actually used the tried and true method of put out something awesome and people will buy it. Yeah. And you'll have the people that want to pirate it, but like you're saying, if it is intriguing, like whether it be a pre-order or like Darksiders just did, they just revealed um, today actually, what, or was it yesterday, that mystery code. When you bought Darksiders new, it had a code in it. Yep. Um. And you didn't know what it was for. And today or yesterday they announced you can get with it. And now I'm kicking myself because I was at the store the other day and I saw it used already. And I'm like, well, hey, discount. And I bought it. Well, now I can't get the cool stuff. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like, dang it. Um, you know, but... You know, that was just an unfortunate circumstance. I was planning on buying it new. I saved a few bucks. Oh, well. But, um, you know, I, I, I think it's things like that, um, like GameStop's really got it down um, of really, you know, you got to pre-order, you got to pre-order, you got to pre-order, you know, or else you're going to be lame type of thing. They really hammer it into you that you're really going to miss out. Yeah but, yeah, but I mean, at the same time, the kind kinds of things you get from uh, from pre-ordering, they, they aren't really enough to convince you know some people that it's worth down putting all the money, which is you know yep, buy a lot of pirate in the first place, if or if they can't afford the game in the first place. But yeah, exactly. I mean, I mean, this you know as as much as it stings uh, for me, for somebody who pays for <laughs> some of my games uh, when I buy it, when, when I buy a game. I don't want to see this kind of thing, but I, I understand that, you know, it might be necessary. It is a necessary evil. I think that piracy works both ways, and I think, number one, it forces um, better incentives for you to buy the game. Like Angel said, you know, the code was definitely cool with Darksiders. There was also, if you bought the game from Best Buy and you had a reward zone card, they'd give you a, a small mini statue of war. Not the best statue, but but th there are incentives, and if you see, there are limited edition games that are actually trying to pack it. You know, Batman Arkham Asylum, you, you bought a game, you paid 100 bucks, you got a fucking Batarang. You know, like, they, they're trying. They're really grasping at straws in terms of just finding that one thing that'll get people to, you know, to pirate less. And I think Call of Duty did a good service with, you know, yeah, they included the night vision goggles. And you had to pay more money, but that's something you don't you don't hear every day. Like, here's a pair of night vision goggles. You know, they knew how to do it, and and things like that. They they uh, they trap the, the consumer because the consumer says, "Hey, man, you get these goggles. Yeah, but I just want the game. But dude, you get night vision goggles, and it, just the potential for that sells itself. And that's what happens with a lot of stuff. If you're just pre-ordering a game to get an extra skin or an extra weapon, 
is it really worth a $60 investment? No. Is the game going to be as good with or without that additional thing? Who knows? But it's just the fact that you want to pay the 60 bucks and feel satisfied and get more residual value down the line. You know, more levels, more downloadable content. You know, Burnout Paradise is a great example of yeah. that. Yeah, definitely. You know, and it expanded gameplay. And right now, actually, Criterion until March 31st, you'll be able to go on and buy the game with all the content, and it's only going to run you 30 bucks. Yeah. And you'll get it with Big Sur File in the Party Pack, Legendary Car, everything for 30 bucks, which is the price of the game new. That's value. And if you already have the game and you want the extra stuff, extra 20 bucks. You know, and that's a game that's old as shit now. Yeah. You think you think developers are going to start like moving away from that kind of thing though? Now that you know some are instead you know figuring out, hey, maybe if we limit features, that might also get you know people buying the game without us having to put in you know extra effort and offer extra incentives. Go ahead, Angel. You first. You're you're the guest. Well, <laughs> I know. Yeah, I'm, I'm thinking about that. Um, I mean, that yeah. would be a shame. Yeah, I mean, it, it would be. I, I'm seeing a lot more um, director's cuts and special editions and things like that to boost sales lately. And um, I'm not sure where they're going to go with that, actually. Because, um, you know, that's, that's a pretty classic method, just like with movies, um, that, you, you know, to, to, to keep the franchise going, that you're like, ooh, well, you have the new game, but you want to buy it again because now this is a special widescreen edition with 50 hours of behind-the-scenes footage. Um, you know, but but as far as games go, I'm, I'm not really sure where they're going to go with that. What do you think, Rich? Well, for me, I think that Capcom to actually started st- stepping away from that, and a great example of that is Super Street Fighter Four. of course. It, you know, Capcom's always going to milk whatever Street Fighter franchise, you know, they'll have Turbo, they'll have Champion Edition, blah, 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 blah. But what happened was, in this particular instance, they said, we got all these characters, we got all these sprites already done up. It it, it wouldn't be fair to make people just keep downloading these characters, because there was a rumor that they were going to make them downloadable one by one. Of course, you'd get nickel and dime to death. Wait, but and they realized better to put out uh, an, an entirely new version of the game instead uh, to alienate half the audience? Well, no, because you know what it is? When they said, we're going to put out Super Street Fighter 4, they, 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 uh, they said right off the bat, you're not going to pay 60 bucks for it. There's rumors that it's going to be 40 There's rumors that it, uh, most of the rumors are saying it's going to be 40 bucks, even 30 bucks. But you know what? If you're getting new play modes, you're getting new characters, and you're getting more enhanced gameplay, you know what? It doesn't feel so bad of a hit at 30 bucks. There's the whole idea that you should have got that in the first place, you know? Well, you know what it was? I think they weren't expecting Street Fighter 4 to have such a resurgence the way it did. Like, you know, 2D fighting games were put back on the spotlight when Street Fighter Four started winning all these awards and started getting all these accolades. You know, I think to me, it's all... These guys, they go in blind with a lot of these games that they're re-releasing or redoing, and they're really hoping for a miracle, and then they kind of just run with the ball. So when they started seeing on the forums, like, Oh man, Street Fighter Four takes before takes place before three. Why isn't this guy in it? Why isn't that guy in it? So now you're starting to get characters from three. 
so you know, it's it, it's it's a give and take. I think that in the end, a lot of companies are going to move that into that avenue just because there's going to be a savings in the sense that they'll get repeat customers if the stuff is worth it. If the shit ain't worth it, you're going to say so with your wallet. Yeah. Mhm. Definitely. Yeah. I, I hate to cut short, but I got to be out. Go ahead, Vince. I okay. just uh, I wanted to get you in, man. All right. Thanks for the conversation, y'all. I'm out. All right, Vince. Peace. Ooh. There it is. Um, <laughs> that pretty that pretty much wrapped up the game segment. I want to go into some movies if you want to stick around for it. Sure. All right. Um, first off, um, little box office totals. Everybody expected Avatar to continue being number one for Valentine's Day weekend. Unfortunately, they were heartbroken because Valentine's Day ended up being number one. It made $52.4 million. It is the uh, second biggest romantic comedy debut ever behind Sex in the City. Wow. Which, it, it, it's really, I think that at that point, the significant others of all the men in the United States said, look, we're not seeing Avatar for the 50th time. We're going to go see this today. So I think, you know, it's just a, a step in in that direction. I don't see it being number one next week. Um, Percy Jackson and the Olympians came in at number two. The Wolfman came in at number three, which kind of uh, kind of burst my bubble. I expected that to be number one immediately. Yeah. And um, it made $30.6 million. It had a budget of $150 million. So they got a lot of they got a lot of work to do. Avatar was number four. They uh, they earned $22 million. Um, they've made $659 million domestically, worldwide. They've made $2.26 billion and counting. Uh, Dear John was number five. Tooth Fairy, which is a piece of shit, was number six. Uh, from, Paris with, yeah, from Paris with Love was number seven. Edge of Darkness was eight. Uh, Crazy Heart, I have no idea what that is, is nine. One in Rome, which is another piece of shit, is ten. Um, moving on, I was saying earlier at the top of the broadcast that there may be the possibility that Chris Pine, who played Captain Kirk in Star Trek, will be playing Captain America, according to wow. Cinespy. Cinespy is saying that Chris Pine is the uh, front runner for the role. Originally, it was uh, between Jensen Ackles, who I discussed last week from Supernatural, and um, the guy from One Tree Hill. What the hell is his name? Chad Michael Murray. That guy. And now they're wow. saying Chris Pine may take the role. What do you think? You think uh, Chris Pine could make a decent Captain America? You know, I'm not sure. He had kind of... Gosh, he seems young. I don't know. <laughs> he does. When I, when I think of Captain America, I think of, like, Superman. And I think of, like, your your big-time characters in, in the comic book world. And it's really hard for me to imagine them as being young, hip guys. And that's kind of how I pictured him as Kirk in Star Trek. That's how he was supposed to be. Right. So maybe because I'm not familiar with some of his other roles, maybe it's hard for me to, to picture him that way, but he has got a lot of working out to do. Well, you know what's funny? Did you, did you ever see um, Smoking Aces? Yes. Do you know that the guys in the elevator, the real crazy punk rock guys, one of them was Chris Pine, the leader. Was it, was it really? Yeah, the dude with all the tattoos and shit, that was Chris Pine. How crazy oh, is that? Wow. 
That is uh, crazy. He, that movie was crazy. <laughs> exactly. And it, it shows that he has a great dynamic to, to, to act, and he can, you know, become absorbed in the roles. But Captain America is such an iconic figure. And, you know, I talk about this every week. He's not just a guy that, you know, is in a suit. You're basically representing America. It, it, you know, yeah. but, I mean, you're, you're representing the character, but this is a guy that, you know, you're going to put on this costume and you're going to be like, that guy's Captain America. And I don't know. I think uh, Chris Pine is too much of a pretty boy to play the captain. I don't think it's going to work. He's also going to be doing uh, – they're going to be bringing back the Jack Ryan, Tom Clancy series, and he's going to be doing that too. So he's got a full plate. So I don't think he'll be wow. able to do it personally. I would not be surprised if they end up recasting it later. Um, you know, they're they're real quick to ride on the coattails of really um, popular movies. Star Trek did really well. Um, it was a fantastic script. Um, he, you know, he was great in that movie. And so, so agents get excited. You know, people go, oh, 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 you were great in this movie. It was a big blockbuster. So now we're going to throw you on this one. Yep, that's what um, happens. And what happens is is that, well, after development, you know, you know, pre-production, things like that, things start going in, they start looking at the script. You know, they have too full of a plate. Next thing you know, they're arguing with somebody, and they're not on the movie anymore. So it's – I wouldn't necessarily, you know, um, you know, count on him being in the role. I guess we'll just see. Yeah, we'll see what happens. I mean, like I said, I think yeah. – not not I not something he, <laughs> I, I was looking, I was trying to, you know, like, I was like, because I was watching uh, Star Trek on Blu-ray, and I put, you know, I, you cover half the face, and you're like, nah, not going to work. But um, in, in keeping with the superhero movie theme, comicbookmovie.com was uh, released a couple of rumors for Batman 3. Um, some of the things that they're saying is that the Riddler is going to be the main villain, and that Arkham Asylum will feature heavily in the next movie um, with a couple of little appearances by characters like the Penguin, uh, Mr. Freeze are going to make cameos as uh, residents of Arkham Asylum. Um, they're also going to be mentions of the Superman universe. You know, they're going to mention Metropolis, Lex Luthor a little bit, but um, the Riddler is going to be the main villain. Now, based on this stuff, and I discuss it all the time when um, during other broadcasts, if the Riddler is going to be the main villain... Any person you'd like to see play the role? Oh, my gosh. Cesar Romero? <laughs> Cesar Romero is dead. <laughs> I know. Oh, he was he was the Joker anyway. He was the Joker. Um, I was going to correct you. He was the Joker. Can. No, my dad. So fail. Um, no, you know, no one really comes to mind. I mean, I would think... Oh, gosh. Joining put David Tennant. I have a hard time having Riddler follow the Joker, frankly. I would, you know, the first one was the Scarecrow. He was very brooding, very psychological. You know, Joker was over the top, um, was fantastic. You know, the follow-up was another over-the-top character. I don't know. I would have personally um, written in less of a chaotic um, villain into the next one myself, but... I don't know. I wasn't the screenwriter for that movie, unfortunately. So. Well, there you go. Well, I got um. I, I have a uh, joy calling in, so you know you will get to hear from both of you now. Hooray! Joy, you're on the air. Hi. Hey, what's, what's going up? on? Not too much. Just calling in to bug y'all. What do you got? Hey. <laughs> um. 
just uh, listening to you guys talking about, you know, characters, you know, who's going to be the Riddler and everything, and um, I put David Tennant just because I'm a – not because of the whole Doctor Who thing, which he was excellent in, but just because – I was going to say that. But just because he is a an exceptional actor. Um, I've, I don't know if you've seen anything else by David Tennant. Um, there was, like, a secret smile where he plays this villain, and it's just – I think that, you know, there's just roles that he could do that – I mean, a lot of people probably don't put him in that role – but totally, I would think, you know, David Tennant. Well, I um, I actually saw some of his Doctor Who, his, his work with Doctor Who, and I think he can play like a really good, um, smarmy, snarky character, because the Riddler's all about, I'm smarter than you, you can't figure this out. And he, mm-hmm. he does have to look for it. I mean, a lot of rumors point towards Johnny Depp playing the role, and I see that working, just because the newer Batman movies don't rely on stupid costumes, so he's not going to be wearing a tuxedo made of fucking question marks. <laughs> Honestly, it's true. I mean, you know, they're, they're not... Like, the Joker was good because it was... It, they put him in the movie. They didn't make a, some, some crazy-ass origin. It was like, this is the Joker. He's a whack job. And he's going to make the movie really interesting. It's like, it, right. it works. It, it, the Riddler, it's like, if you go, you've got to say, oh, he got fired from his job, and he spazzed down, he got crazy, and he wears a tuxedo suit with question marks, and no, it doesn't work. I mean, Jim Carrey kind of ruined the Riddler for me because he played the Riddler as, as if he were playing the Joker, and mm-hmm. it kind of, he, he, the Riddler just doesn't really work for me, I think, as, as, a, as a main villain. Yeah. No, um, no, I agree. And, and same thing with Two-Face in that film as well, is that, um, you know, he he was played as being crazy all the time, and, and you didn't see that other side. Um, you know, there was still supposed to be that struggle between Harvey Dent and Two-Face, and you didn't have it. He was just crazy Two-Face all the time. So, yeah, that, that movie's not a real great example of the potential of the Batman franchise, unfortunately. Uh, well, it's a tough act to follow. I think following following um, Heath Ledger's footsteps, which they were saying that they should put the Joker in Arkham Asylum and have um, the, the guy who was in G.I. Joe, what the hell was his name? Oh, uh, shit. Joseph uh, Gordon-Levitt, like, play the Joker briefly. I think it would work, but you can't really like show the character any more than him in a jail cell, or it's gonna it's gonna ruin it for everybody. Yeah, like have a you know a panning shot where where you move by and and you catch you know his middle finger as he goes by, you know something like that. Like you don't, yeah, it, you can't really follow that. And there were rumors of Harley Quinn as well, but I mean without the Joker, there's just there's just no way. Yeah, you can. I think that the Heath, the Heath Ledger's Joker is is so iconic now that anybody that were going to try to play the Joker uh, in more Batman movies in the same series would just be imitating Heath Ledger's performance, and it wouldn't be his own character. So I think it, right. in the case of the Joker, they got to just leave it at that. Okay, now no, here's a question for you. Oh, sorry, go ahead, Shoot. Angel. No, I was just oh, no, saying, Joe. yes, you. Oh, yeah, okay. Joy. Well, here, here's a question. Okay, personally, I enjoyed Heath Ledger. Yeah, I can't talk Heath Ledger's role um, very much. But, I mean, do you think that his 
his role was kind of put up there because of his death? I mean, in your opinion. I'm not saying this is my opinion, but I'm just wondering about, you know, well, between the two, what you think. Well, here's how the, – the way I see it was his, his – he brought such a, a unique presentation to the character that it was something that that had never been done with the Joker it, it, to the point now where the comic book Joker is now mirroring the movie one right down to the scars on his face. So I think um, Heath Ledger kind of set the standard, and whether he deserved a, a Best Actor nomination, you know – after his death, sure, that's up for debate. But in terms of just a, an iconic portrayal, something you'll never forget, he did a he did a great job. I think that the problem was that you know Christian Bale kind of got overshadowed, and I think that in in his heart of hearts, he's a little upset because he's like, wow, you know, why'd you have to die, dude? You know, because yeah. he, he's kind of he's, he's kind of stuck. Well, he's an ass anyway, so you know. You don't like Christian Bale, huh? Well, not go into the rant. <laughs> no, well, you know I what? despise him. <laughs> but, but, okay, yeah, I expect some hate mail after that. But, no, I do not like Christian Bale. I have never liked him. Um, well, uh, let me say something about Christian. Christian Bale, to me, is always good at playing a smarmy prick. It works. Yeah. He did it He did it in American Psycho. Even his his portrayal of Bruce Wayne was borderline smarmy prick. It, that, that's how it is. The, the only thing that bothers me about Christian Bale in the Batman movies is Batman sounds like Clint Eastwood. Like he's and it, like, you know, and, and it, <laughs> Yeah, it bothers me because it sounds like Batman smokes. It's like, swear to me. It's like, who, yeah. who talks like that? I understand that you want to switch your voice, dude, but you're a millionaire and they sell plenty of gadgets that can switch your voice. I can buy one in a 99 cent store and change my voice. Are you, are you fucking serious? So, you know, that, that, that alone kind of ruined it for me because it's like, here's the Joker, you know, Oscar-winning performance, and then, where's the Joker? I'm like, really, dude? Really with the fucking voice? All of a sudden. <laughs> uh, it, it was awful. I wanted to mute that shit. I, I completely agree. Every time that he did that, I was, like, just laughing my ass off, going, what the hell is wrong with you? Oh, it was, it was, it was, you know, he didn't, he couldn't, I think he couldn't figure out a way to make Batman sound menacing, so they were like, all right, dude, just, just change your voice a little bit, it should work. It's, it's like, you don't need to do all that, but, um, jo actually, Joe, I want you to stick around, and, um, I'm gonna bring in another caller, and I'm gonna keep Joy on as well. Oh, that's so sweet. There you go. Johnny, you're on the air. Yo, what up? What's going on, dude? Uh, nothing. Just wanted to add to the Batman conversation. Like, you know, I think, like, you've mentioned it already, but I think Johnny Depp would be probably the best selection for the Riddler. Just because he could be a real sadistical asshole, you know? He could. Like, he could do I, it. Like, I can't picture anyone else at this point because, I don't know, to me it almost seems like all of, his roles are, like, the same in, in the movies. You know, he's always, like, some sadistic, evil, mysterious guy. So I think that would probably be a good role for the Riddler. You know what I'm saying? Oh, I agree. Oh, yeah? Yeah. All his roles are the same? Well, I well to me... agree with that comment. <laughs> no, 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 no. So, like, oh, it almost seems like he's... No, I'm not saying, like, he's, like, a Keanu Reeves or anything. But, um... 
I'm pretty much saying that, like, almost all the characters that he plays to me almost seems like a sadistic, mysterious person. You know what I'm saying? He plays creeps. That was, just, just spit it out. He plays good creeps, like Sweeney Todd, like the Mad Hatter, like fucking yeah. Edward Scissorhands. He plays a good creep. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What about his other movies? Um, what were some of his other movies? Like, um, I'm probably going to say the name wrong because it was an old movie, uh, ben and, Benny and June? Yeah, Benny and June, he played a weirdo in that. That's what I'm saying. Like, he's good for that. He's a sweet weirdo, yeah. weirdo, but not a creep. I mean, you never had the creep vibe when he played that role. Um, well, I use, I use creep in a nice generic term. You know, I, I think it's a, it's a bad word to use, but just in the sense that you look at him, whenever you see him, like, like I like Johnny Depp. He's a great actor. But every time I look at Johnny Depp, I feel like I'm seeing Dirty Hippie. <laughs> you know, like... Like that's yeah. what I that's what I get from him. So when I use the word creep, I you know I don't want you to misunderstand in the sense of me saying it literally. It's just his vibe. Like you look at him, you're just like wow. Like that's a dude that should be sitting in a dive coffee bar, you know. <laughs> yeah, like he's a he's a living beatnik. Dude, he totally is. <laughs> he is. I mean, he just looks. He just looks dirty, and that's cool because if you go, like, if you notice, the Batman franchise has gone into that gritty look. So yeah, yeah you can do like a like, like a street guy that that tells people riddles, and all of a sudden, you know, he becomes, you know, he, he spazzes out or whatever. Like you could just do that. Yeah, I mean, it used to be like a silly franchise with Batman running around with rubber nipples. Right. You know, <laughs> now it's really serious and dark, and I really like that. And I think oh, everyone's yeah. going to be looking forward to the third movie because of that, you know? Oh, yeah, for, of course. Because of the nipples? Wait, what? <laughs> well, that's just <laughs> that's just sarcasm. All you heard was nipples, then, yeah. um, <laughs> That's all no, I thought but, was the nipples. I'm looking forward the, to the movie. The Tim Burton the ones, uh, they were totally just cheese and, and everything, and Chris O'Donnell and everything. They, they just had to put the nipples on the costume. It was... <laughs> Quite well, that's when you knew. That's when you knew that the franchise hit bottom, and 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 I understand and I respect what Christopher Nolan is doing. He yeah. doesn't want. He doesn't want. He even said it. He's like, I don't want Robin in any of these fucking movies. I want yeah. everything to look real. I want everything to look dark. And it, it's a proven formula. They're giving the guy the reins to mentor Superman. So I'm more than sure that Superman is going to be dark and gritty, and Lex Luthor is going to be a psychopath. You know, like like it's definitely going that route for sure. Yeah, definitely. Did you just say Lex Luthor, Luthor. Yep. Yep. For, for Superman. Okay. Okay. I was. I was just. I was like, you know what? I was like, I'm. I was, I was just trying to think. I was like, huh? Am I that messed up right now? No. No. <laughs> no. no. The, the, no, the, director of no, the director of the director of Batman is mentoring uh, for uh, he's going to mentor the Superman project, which translation is please fix this so it doesn't look stupid. That's what oh, that is. It needs some serious fixing. I hated Superman Returns. Well, yeah, because you had Super yeah. Baby, you had Lex Luthor imitating Gene Hackman. You had emo Superman. Like, Superman was the, you know, I don't know, ladies, pardon the, the crass tone. Superman was the biggest pussy in that movie that I've ever seen. Oh, my God, he was. It's ridiculous. He got a oh my fucking God, Lois, boy I thing. love you. Man. Sorry. Yuck. It was bad. But um, anything else, Johnny? We got uh, 20 minutes. Nah, that's wanna... it. Thanks. All right, brother. Thanks for the call. Peace, man. Good show. All right. Thanks. All right, ladies, I have a 
couple of things left, and we can wrap it up. I appreciate you ladies uh, sticking around. No problem. Um, the producer of Avatar said that James Cameron is meeting with Mark Webb, who's directing the, uh, the new Spider-Man reboot, in regards to filming Spider-Man th- the Spider-Man reboot in 3D in the same style as Avatar. What do you guys think? You think it, uh, it'll work? Uh, I just picture a lot of web swinging in my face, and that disturbs me. (laughs) Yeah, there's going to be that. (laughs) There's going to be a lot of that, that's for sure. There's going to be 3D web swinging in the the face, you know, things flying in front of you. Um, I think they're going to try and film it the complete style that they did Avatar, you know, with the actors wearing the 3D cameras. I'm more than sure whoever plays Spider-Man will be wearing the 3D camera on the suit so you can get that that really um, involved look to it. But do you wow. think that um, it, would be, it would benefit for Spider-Man, the 3D? Um, I'm not, well, yes and no. I think that, you know, um, comic book type, um, you know, surrealistic worlds like this really lend themselves to 3D really well. And a character like Spider-Man, you know, or, like, or any kind of comic franchise, you just imagine you know, the, the blast, the you know, the stuff flying in your face and the epic battles. Like, I think that it naturally lends itself to a 3D atmosphere. Plus, the more people bring their kids to see it, the more money they're going to make back. Oh, yeah. And, I have a feeling that... I associate 3D with, with kids, personally. Yep, I agree. I agree. I mean, certain movies, it's like, there, there are certain movies that will benefit from 3D, and we talk about this at length on the show and it's the fact that some movies benefit a lot more than others. I think Avatar was the uh, was different in the sense that the whole movie was filmed using new cameras, new technology from start to finish. I don't like this new trend where they're going and taking movies that don't really need to be in 3D, and they're going to make them in 3D just for the hell of it. Right. With that said, I think I have uh, Slick in here. I'm going to bring him in real quick so I can yep. run through the rest of this stuff. Let's see if he's there. What's up? Slick, you got, we got 20, my friend. What do you got? Yeah, just a quick rundown on some casting and some 3D. Uh, going back to to um, Captain America, like I said, Jensen Ackles is the only one you mentioned that is going to fit that bill. He's yep. got the Captain America chin. He's got the Captain America build. He's got the Captain America look. He's got the Captain America... I don't know Presentation. how to really say and he's cheap. because and he's cheap. <laughs> that he is. That's it. He's a TV actor. You give him a Coke and a smile and he'll be happy. Exactly. <laughs> and the whole th- idea of shooting Spider-Man in 3D, no, no, no. Uh-huh. I mean, let's really be real about this. I'm joking about it in the chat right now, but let's be serious. Spider-Man shoots webs. If you do it in 3D, I don't care who directs this movie, there's going to be skeet jokes. There's going to be a scene where he shoots it right off into the screen, be like, skeet, skeet, skeet. It's, well, it's unavoidable. You know what's funny about that? You know what's funny <laughs> about that is in Britain, in, in, um, in British schools, there's actually a thing where um, boys will, you know, ejaculate into their hand and then go up to their friends and fling it in their face and go, seagully. Well, you know what's funny? There's actually a website dedicated to that happening in Japan where, you know, yeah, yeah, they they just run by and they go, 
ha! And they throw it in their face. It's like, oh, my God. <laughs> oh my God. So, yeah. but um, yeah. before the show degrades into that, I'm, I'm more than sure, <laughs> you know, I, I know where Slick is coming from, and, I, and you know, it, 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 there is going to be jokes for that, but you've got to take into account the, the, the demographic of 12 to 15-year-olds may, ha- may get the skeet joke, but they're all about paying the money and going, wow, that's so cool. Exactly. And, and I'm looking at it from a marketing standpoint, you know, from a business standpoint, and also a fan standpoint. Like, on one hand, I'm like, no, come on. Like, don't, don't make it cheesy, because then you're going to make it like the Batman movies, you know, and it's going to be stupid. And, you know, no. Exactly. That's, that's what I'm saying. They shouldn't do it in 3D. I mean, if you need more proof, look at Cinemax. Or should I say Skinamax? They did the parody, Spider Babe. She shot webs out of her crotch. She skeeted a guy to a tree. That's that I'm not is, making this up. No, I know you're not. I know you're not, but you gotta take into account that when they're gonna film this movie in three D, they're gonna make it a point to use the gimmick. Like like the whole like they're gonna make sure that the web swinging is three D. They're going to make sure that the action scenes are in 3D. The fights are in 3D. Him just shooting webs, you know, Him shooting webs out of the screen, they may do it once, and that'll be it. I don't think so. You don't think they'll do no, it once, no. or do you think that... No, I think it'll, it will be a lot more than once. Yep, it'll be overused. Exactly. Uh, that, that's... That's what I, you, you called it right. It's a gimmick, and a gimmick doesn't just get used once. So I would bet it'd be in there at least four times. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Aunt, Aunt May gets shot in the face by accident with a web. Oh, Peter! <laughs> but, or, uh, you know, your friend's sitting next to you, and just when Spider-Man does something, you pop your Coke in his face and oh, yeah, scare the crap out of him. You know, that's going to be a great game or a great uh movie to go to your friends with for practical jokers. But um if they shoot Spider Man in three D, I'm going to the premiere with a super soaker. I'ma fill it with warm water and palm olive soap. I'ma shake that bitch up real good and I'm gonna be skeeting all over the whole audience. You are out of your mind. <laughs> You're out of your mind. All right, what else does that have to add? We got fifteen minutes, dude. All right. <laughs> I'll let you finish up. All right, dude. Later. Later. See ya. All right. Bye. Nothing like uh, spider skeet jokes to uh, <laughs> to add a little, a little laughter to the to the show. But um, last uh, three pieces of information before I let you ladies go. Um, you ever heard of a cult movie called I Spit on Your Grave? Yeah, I have heard of it. I have not seen it. Well, yeah, same here. I've seen it. Oh, they're gonna remake it. Oh, yes. Oh, yes, they will. Oh, my God. Yeah. You know what? These remakes are, are just painful. Oh, yeah. yeah. No, I, 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 I spend really hours painful. of show. I spend hours of show griping about that. But, yeah, that's a movie that was banned in a couple of countries, and all of a sudden, you know, because we, you know, we're desensitized, they're going to remake it and release it probably within the next year. By 2011, it should be out. Is Rob also, Zombie directing it? No, Rob Zombie's not directing it, but um, no, according to... Oh, sorry. It's okay. by a guy named Stephen R. Monroe. Well, no, Stephen, Stephen R. Monroe, I think, directed the original. 
But um, in terms of remakes, it gets better because they're going to remake or reboot, I should say, the American Pie franchise. Oh, my gosh. Are you kidding me? That was already overdone. Yep. Um, they're going to go back to the original formula. Um, according to Variety, Universal is going to be working on American Pie 4. They're going to bring in uh, these, the writers from Harold and Kumar go to White Castle, so you know it's destined for success, um, to write the script, and it's going to follow 2003's um, American Wedding. And they're saying that a lot of the older actors are interested in coming back. Well, yeah. I mean, what else are they doing except for, I'm going to say Lines of Coke? Mix them up, but Sean Scott Williams, aside from him. You mean uh, Lines of Coke? That's what most of them are doing. Yeah, Unemployment, <laughs> busting tables. Yeah, that's what they're doing. And um, to, to close it out, Avatar is going to be on DVD and Blu-ray April 22nd. But don't jump for joy just yet because those, those two editions are going to be very bare bones and the special edition DVD and Blu-ray 3D version will be out in November. Of course. Wow. So that's how they're going to get you uh, because the TV, the 3D technology for televisions will be available more so for the holiday season. So they're going to uh, try and market it during uh, November so that they can get the Panasonic 3D TVs to, you know, offer the movie for free and things of that nature. What do you guys think? You think that they uh, they should just release it in November and not uh, you know, milk our pockets twice? Because I'm not gonna bother. I'm not even gonna waste my time buying it at that rate. Right. Yeah. No, I, I think that that's that's ridiculous. I think that they should withhold it. I mean, Avatar is still in the theaters normally. You have to wait several months to even think about seeing it on DVD. So the fact that they're releasing it so early even tells me that they're just after your pockets. So absolutely, I think that. You know, that they should at least wait till the holiday season and milk it then. Yep. Oh, but you know what they're trying that... To, yeah. No, sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead, Joy. I just think they're trying to um, milk the public because they're counting on people not being informed about, you know, what's being released in November and what's going to be released sooner. And it, it's, just, it, it's a scam. I mean, when, you know, just to break it down, it's a scam. Well... You, but before we close that, before we close it out in in its entirety, you there are go they're going to make a 3D movie about the Toy Series Erector sets. Make your own jokes, people. <laughs> yeah. It's too easy. It's too easy. Yeah. Yep. Just, 3D 3D wow. movie about Erector sets. And another Pitch Black movie that will also be in 3D. Oh, yeah. Yep, so where Vin Diesel's see. character is on the run, and uh, he's the most wanted man in the galaxy, and he's going to end up on, like, an alien planet inhabited by mud demons. <laughs> oh, so we get to see his bald head in 3D. Yep, a little shininess and a little pensive stare in 3D, and a little gravelly-voiced wow. acting. Oh, he, I think he finally yeah. figured out that this is all he's good for. <laughs> That's really and I it. love me some Vin Diesel, and he is—he's one of those guys where, like, I like him a lot, but like, he's just one of those ones where, yeah, like, he's gonna be pretty much the same role. Oh yeah. Whatever. Then you gotta stick with what you're good at, and he is the the triple X, the the pitch black, the you know the action guy, and God bless. Yeah, that's all. 
that's all he's good for. But with that, um, there's 10 minutes left. Of, um, just going to wrap up the show. Ladies, thank you for calling in. Let's get the big plug. By all means, the all floor right. is yours. Absolutely. Everyone head on over to girlgamer.com. Signing up is free. Join in the conversation. Um, we got all the latest news. Now is a great time to get in on those gamer points because very soon you're going to start being able to redeem those for some very, very cool stuff. Um, our team is coming back from Las Vegas here shortly. We'll have some more updates for you. Um, you can hit, hit the, uh, the forums and the articles for all the latest on X10. Um, and, of course, if, uh, if you want, you can also follow us on Twitter. That's at GirlGamer. You can follow me. That's at GGAngelSanitos. Um, or you can follow Joanna here at, uh, at Joylia. That's J-O-Y-L-I-A. And uh, you can catch our smart asses online pretty much anytime. There you go. Joy, you have anything else to add? Um, no, not really. Angel pretty much said it all. Just, um, you know, guys, stop by, sign up, and just get into the conversation because you're going to meet a lot of great people, not just girls, guys as well. And you'll be able to see a lot of viewpoints because um, the great thing about Girl Gamer is that it's not limited to, you know, it's, you know, we have noobs, we have experienced players. And so, you know, definitely jump in and do not feel intimidated or, you know, just, to say what you want to say, and um, people respond very, very nicely in Girl Gamer is mm-hmm. all I can say. Nice. Um, ladies, of course, you're, you're, you're invited to stop by MyTakeRadio.com. You ladies um, have a, are welcome to uh, set up shop there as well. Um, Bo, I definitely want you ladies to, you know, if you've got anything, any kind of banners for the site to send me so I can put one on the site, or if you can arrange for me to get one. I, you know, I want to definitely, definitely promote your work, and you know, there'll be a post with the uh, post show recap, with all with all the information we discussed. So, um, I definitely am going to hit you up for that, and I'm also going to hit you up for something else, which I'll uh, I'll email Angel about after the show. Sure. Ooh, that sounds risky. Oh yeah, but um, I'll probably need the involvement of both of you just because it'll be really cool. So. Um, uh, I'll email I, I'll email Angel and she'll uh, pass it on to you. And of course, you guys can follow me on Twitter. You know where to find me. Mm-hmm. Sounds good. Turn the table for behavior. <laughs> there you go. All right. Well, thanks for having us on the show. Appreciate it. Um, La- ladies, and, thank uh, you very much. Definitely would like to have you guys on again in in the future, especially with more gaming events coming up now with the uh, warmer weather. So definitely would love to have you back and the and the fans and the listeners really liked you guys so definitely would love to have you back great well thanks so much everybody for listening in and and for supporting and promoting the show and uh, everybody head on over to the site we'd love to have you and uh, just wanted to say thanks to my kick radio we'll uh, we'll talk to you guys later thanks a lot ladies have a good night you too thanks good night peace for some reason I see Dave from Denver on the line am I right Rich, Dave, is that you? Man? What's going on, Dave? I saw you. I saw the little hand go up. What's, what's the word, sir? Uh, not much. I, I received the shirt. Thank you very much. My wife loved it. I figured you'd get a laugh out of that, and I also responded to your uh, to your email. Yes, yes, I read it. I read it. Thank you very much. Uh, I, I actually had a question for you and your guests, but uh, they took off, and that's that's no big deal. I, I wanted your take. I wanted your take on the the lawsuit between Redbox and the the movie studios, them giving Redbox uh, access to their movies only 
after a certain number of days, 30 to 45 days, before yeah, they that's can a, set them up for rental? Well, you know, it's funny you, you should say that because that happened. That's also going on with Netflix, and the primary culprit is Warner Brothers. Um, I'm, I'm going to just give a, a, a quick opinion on it. I think that we should, you know, if you're a distributor or, you know, somebody who is offering these movies to the general public, you should not be held at the mercy of their demands. Um, the fact of the matter is that revenue is going to be generated, whether it's at release time or after. I think it's just the studios just wanting to wave their wand around, trying to trying to show off that they got power over the little guy. I honestly think that Redbox is really a non-factor, and they're, they're really just attacking the little guy, and um, it's, it's really unfair. I think that the movies should be available at release because, you know what, if you're not getting it from Redbox or from Netflix – you're, you know, getting it off the Internet, thus uh, contributing to piracy. So they're actually, you know, not helping the situation by doing what they're doing. Do you think uh, Blockbuster or Hollywood Video had anything to do with their decision as well? Blockbuster is uh, – their stock shares are at like 30 cents. They're not making any money. And um, Hollywood Video um, – I think that the that the big video store chains are just getting destroyed by Netflix, so they're they're really a non-factor. I think it was just the fact that the studio's getting tired of not making that extra buck or two, and they figured that the easiest thing to do is attack these companies that are helping them by offering their products to the masses. Okay, thank you very much. All right, Dave. Thanks for your call, my friend. I yeah, appreciate the support. Mm-hmm. All right, brother. Have a good night. Yeah, you too. All right, we got five minutes of show left. Just wanted to uh, run through and uh, give out some plugs. Um, first off, of course, girlgamer.com. Uh, Angel Thanatos and Joylio were uh, great guests. Definitely stop by girlgamer.com, sign up, uh, start redeeming those points to get some prizes, and, of course, show your support. Uh, check them out on Facebook as well. Look for Girl Gamer on Facebook. Um, show your support there. Of course, you know, you can stop by my take radio or by the forums, and I will have information regarding their site as well as tonight's appearance. Uh, just a couple of shout-outs before I wrap it up. Definitely a plug to Rachel from MMAHotStuff.com. Um, MMAsocialites.com is also her other site. Uh, Shout-out to Darksiders, uh, Hayden Dalton, HaydenDalton.wordpress.com and Darksiders.com. Um, our buddy Brooks Macbeth. Uh, great friend of the show. You can look for him on YouTube.com slash Brooks Macbeth. You can also look for him on Facebook. Shout out to Don Anderson and Tumbling with Tumbleweed Tuesdays at 10 p.m. on the Blog Talk Radio Network. Little shout out to the Born Stubborn Radio crew, ClevelandSportsRadio.com, 411 Mania for their news, OC Remix for their kick-ass music, MMAJunkie.com, MMA Valor, who... Um, is a brand new supporter of the show. He has a great site. Look for MMA Valor on Twitter or head over to MMAValor.com. Uh, last but not least, FilmDrunk.com and uh, RoyalTresses.ETSY.com for your bead art and bead crafts. Check that out. That is RoyalTresses.ETSY.com. With that being said, folks, that's going to wrap up tonight's show. This has been My Take Radio, episode 31, for Thursday, February 18th, more like Friday, February 19th. Um, you can contact me at mtrhost at gmail.com. 
You can also follow me on Twitter, uh, twitter.com slash akuma, A-K-U-M-A 25, or you can follow the My Take Radio Twitter feed at twitter.com slash mytakeradio. You can also catch My Take Radio on MySpace. Just go to myspace.com slash mytakeradio. Uh, become a friend, show your support. And if you're hanging out on Facebook playing Farmville, look for My Take Radio on Facebook. Show your love and support on the Facebook fan page and, of course, mytakeradio.com and the forums for all your gaming news and all your other rants and raves from yours truly, as well as Slick, Bronx, Mortis, Andrea, and the rest of the My Take Radio crew. Um, that's going to wrap up tonight's show. Thank you all for listening, and have a good night, folks. Peace. Catch you guys next week. Here I come! What's the problem? Don't underestimate me. I'm awesome! Woohoo! Piece of cake!